progression. Work-wise, there's not a lot I need to accomplish in a day, truthfully, right? If I'm looking at my calendar, my calendar, my ideal day is wake up at 4.30, don't touch my phone, write down my gratitude and goals, memorize a verse. So I've ticked off that box that we spoke about earlier. Moving and working out, which is what I'm normally doing now, but I'm Mr. Glenn Lundy today, so I'm doing the session. Then I'm trying to learn something. 7.30 to 8 o'clock, it's in my calendar. It's a book, it's a course, audio book. A lot of times I'm in the sauna, so I'm ticking off both my learning box and my recovery box at the same time. Then I'm sending out an encouraging message. Then I'm doing a mind sweep and time block session. Absolutely critical. I can promise you, if you can take 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes at night every single day to just get everything in your brain out into your external digital brain, it's going to save your life, right? You're going to feel like you're not as overwhelmed as you are. Then I time block my emails. Then I delegate to my team. Then I build. So I have a one hour time block to build my business every day. Then I have a one hour time block where I engage my communities. So I go into my Facebook groups. I go into my group chats. I go into my DMs, my messages. I talk to people because I love them and I want to communicate with them. Then I have an hour or two where I find business. So I'm in my CRM, just calling clients, past clients, new leads, new people. Then I'm creating content for an hour. Then I've got my family in my calendar, my relationship. I actually have a reminder not to eat after 8 p.m. because I will eat all the pizza if it's in my house. Then I have 15 minutes where I mind sweep, mind wind down, 15 minutes where I stretch, 15 to 30 minutes where I pray, go to bed at 10 p.m. Did I eat clean? Am I focusing on rapid expansion into five markets, doubling my referral pipelines, and building my presence online? So the reason I walked you through all those is that's front and center in front of my face every single day. Am I hitting it every single day? No. Am I living a life of perfection? No. Even if I hit it 60 to 70% of the time, am I doing better than 90% of the world? Yes. Can every single one of you people do this? Yes. Can you take a digital brain and then compartmentalize it into your goals? Maybe errands you have to do, make a list for urgent tasks that you don't keep more than six things on, make a list for things you're waiting on, maybe things you've put out into the universe, you're waiting to come back to you, right? Like I've sent a message to Sarah and I'm waiting for her to send something back to me. A list for maybe follow-ups you got to do today. A list for things that you want to accomplish this week. And then the last thing is just a giant list of things to do one day. Yes, you can do every single one of those things. And if you're taking the methodologies that I'm telling you, creating structure around major areas of your life and I've given you mine today, but then make them yours, and then put them in some type of a tool like Trello and then take that list and then put it into your calendar, the freedom it has given me and the ability it's given to me to accomplish things that I have no business accomplishing, I can tell you, is my secret. <clears throat> what Ram said yesterday, what Brian Hess said yesterday, the through line was clarity of purpose. Right. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be attrition. There's going to be a lot of times where you're being put up against a wall. If you have a foundation and tools behind you, you're going to feel less overwhelmed. If you have a group of people and a community there to support you and you're struggling through what that foundation looks like, you're going to be more successful. But now I want to know what purpose or clarity of purpose each one of you has. So Sarah, I don't know if you're there, but I want to hear about the clarity of purpose with Breakfast with Champions first. And then I want you to toss the mic to the next person and I want to know their clarity of purpose because I, I'm more curious about you all than I am myself.
Justin, thank you so much for coming in hot this 5.30 a.m. segment. It has been such a treat to hear from you, and I hope that um, those who usually miss your segment later in the morning on Thursdays are getting to know you better. Um, clarity of purpose for Breakfast with Champions. So, you know, what's really exciting for me is that we are at kind of an evolutionary moment for the company. So, um, you know, I, I said actually on stage at Grow for God and all the times that I think that um, there have been two really fundamental problems that Breakfast with Champions is committed to, to solving and, and is doing so successfully and has this entire year. And the first is um, the problem that we see in the media landscape right now, um, which is that opinions are siloed. People only listen to those they agree with, and therefore they don't hear anything or learn anything from people who they don't. So because people are only, you know, tuning into those people who they vote like and pray like and and eat like and live in the same area and everything else, they can't learn from anyone else. And just like you were saying, something that's really powerful about Breakfast of Champions is that we're we're breaking through and we're finding that common ground because, you know, maybe it starts um, with learning about business or mindset from someone on the other side of the country or the other side of the world. But that's how we get those conversations to start, which is really powerful. And then the second clarity of purpose is fixing the problem in social media. So often it's a waste of time. People leave feeling less motivated, less connected. And we know that the opposite is true with Breakfast of Champions and Rise and Grind, hashtag Rise and Grind. The more time we spend in community, the stronger we are together, the more lifted we are, the you know, more our businesses succeed, the stronger our relationships get, the closer our bonds are. And then when I think about the clarity of purpose moving forward, there are two words that Gwen and I really are leaning into. And actually we have another video for the Champion Circle dropping today. I'm super excited about and those two words are access and experience. So the clarity of our purpose right now is how can we build greater access for you to access um, the moderators and hosts, for you to access each other, for you to access opportunity, for you to access success. Um, and then the second is experience. How can we, you know, social audio has been this really unique and special experience that we've had together, but how can we build experiences beyond that online and off across platforms, taking you to new mediums, taking you to events, um, and so the final thing that I would add to get a little bit tactical for everyone in the room is that in order for us to really hone in on not only where we were going, but how we could message it out, we did work until we landed on those two words. And that would be my advice for anyone in the room is that, um, you know, I think it's Albert Einstein who says, like, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. If you're struggling to get that clarity of purpose, you should be able to get to where you can get as granular as one word to define a concept or two words to define a concept. And if you can't do that, um, then you need to keep working on it before you say, this is the clarity of purpose of where I'm going. So thank you for calling on me, my friend. I hope that was helpful. It was actually, you gave me an idea and that this is what community can do, right? And what you said is so true. This is the only platform that I feel good on as I spend time throughout the day, like I can tell you anytime I can pop in and support any of these beautiful human beings, y'all know that I'll, I'll make an effort and be there. And I just said y'all and I'm Canadian. So that should give you an idea of the impact you've had on me. But what you just said, Sarah, about clarity of purpose, I had to compartmentalize it because my clarity of purpose became diluted between the different aspects of what I'm doing. If I think of Prime, my brand, I, I think of it like Virgin, right? I think of it as a, a large holding company. And then I think of Prime Real Estate and Prime Media and the different aspects of it underneath it. And I'm like, man, I got to do the work for each one of those. Here's a hot tip for all of you, though. 
if you're looking for a way to find that clarity of purpose, there is a phenomenal book called Building a Story Brand that talks about this in detail. And they actually have a free resource. So if you don't even want to buy the book and you just want their free resource, you can Google building a story brand and then find the page that they have where it walks through you finding out who the hero is and what you're trying to accomplish. And you're not the hero. Fun fact, you're the Yoda. You're the Obi-Wan Kenobi that's walking your hero through their journey. But then it helps you walk that person through like, what are their challenges? What are you trying to solve? What Sarah just did was so beautiful in terms of you know, establishing like the hero is everybody that's in the audience, everybody's coming to these rooms on a regular basis. What are they trying to achieve? They're trying to achieve access and they want to feel good on social media. So I love the way you explain that because my brain was just screaming, building a story brand as you were saying that. Mr. Ramon, are you there, my brother? I am here, Justin. How could I not be here if Justin's speaking? I mean, hello. I, I love you. Ding, 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 ding. I'm going to miss that. I don't get that before my segment today, but Ramon, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but I want for all these people, you to define your clarity of purpose and, and maybe who the hero of your story is that you're trying to serve. Yeah, thank you for asking. I got fired, Justin, as you may know, a few years ago from United Nations. And so I think regarding business context, there's several different heroes. I'm a person of deep faith, as you are, Justin. But briefly, I think that I got fired from the United Nations. I've always been a very small business owner. I'm not one that builds businesses to millions in revenue, but I can help people build businesses to hundreds of thousands of revenue. And so my clarity of purpose, my hero is that very, very small business owner that's struggling. They're still figuring out how do you spell hashtag? Because that's me, Justin. I can't spell mortgage even. I wonder, is the T or the G what goes first? So I'm for that person who's like still struggling and trying to figure it out. Thanks for asking, Justin. Bro, me and you are on the same page. You got me standing up now. I'm literally going to put my standing <laughs> desk up. Because I, I honestly, Grant Cardone said this on stage the other day, right? He was talking about the Amazons of the world and these giant conglomerates that they are shutting the little man out to a big degree. And somebody asked me one day, what are you trying to accomplish? And I said, well... Amazon scaling profit, I probably can't compete with them. And I'm assuming that eventually I'm going to be in a legal battle for the for name the crime because they're going to come after me. But Amazon can't compete with me because I can scale people because I actually love people and I care about people. So I love that you said that, Ramon. I think it's so critical to understand who you serve and then being able to pour into that. And, you know, chasing the dollars or the large, gigantic corporate accounts doesn't always come with that freedom of being able to move quick, right? And I can tell you like the production company that we work with, I've gone in and there's a guy that I know that owns a gym, had triplets right before COVID, gym shuts down in Canada, been like just scrambling to stay above above water. We did spec work for him, went in, shot him a video that we would have charged probably six grand to anybody else to do. And, and what I said earlier matters to me, right? I said, you know, helping that guy create an asset that may get him through this tough time is more important to me than just getting a paycheck. And I can promise you though, this guy's got a drive in that fire, just like Ramon, that this guy may have a global impact and who knows the world that we can create if we're watering each other's gardens. As you know, I've said before, I think it's important to think about this world as if we all have say these vegetable or flower gardens, whatever you decide, we're all walking around. And if we have a can of water and all we're doing is watering our own garden over and over and over, I'm, I'm sure we'll, you know, our garden will grow a little bit, but if we forget about everybody else, imagine the desolate landscape. But if I spend my time watering Ramon's garden and Sarah's garden, and Scott's garden, Dora Marie's and Dr. Sean's, and I don't really worry about mine, I can probably be assured that they're going to take care of me as well too. Scott Simons, I want to know your clarity of purpose because I know uh, mutual friends of mine are actually in the Arte syndicate as well. And I've seen you just, you know, be laser focused in your industry, but also pour into other people 
I know there's obviously the work Scott, but there's also the purposeful Scott. So maybe give me some insight into what you're trying to accomplish or who you're trying to serve. Hey, Justin, thank you so very much. And uh, what I'm trying to do is make a positive impact in the people's lives that I, that I happen to meet or come in contact with. And it first starts on trying to focus on being the best version of me possible, which is taught by Ed Milet, the person that God envisioned me to be. I at least want to try to resemble that person, um, which means I need to be the best husband first that I can be. You know, it's a work in process. I need to best be the best dad. I need to be the best friend. And then I need to be the best leader by pouring into others and finding out what's important to them. Sorry, I was on a racquetball course. I'm a little bit out of breath. Uh, by pouring into uh, others and finding out what is their why it, what, and what makes them, what's important to them, and then fit it within the values of, of, of what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, what I want to be known as my mission is, is the person that if you have one phone call to make and you have my phone number, that you would call me. So if it's one phone call and you can only have one phone call, period, I would want that phone call to come to me. And that's what I want. That's what I want my legacy to be remembered as when I'm when I'm gone is, is that's the person that I would I would call. So fantastic segment this morning. And man, I learned a lot and I learned a lot about you. And I thank you so much for sharing all this, all this great advice with all of us. Sincerely appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Uh, I mean, that means more than you'll ever know, Scott. And I, I mean, honestly, the, the one biggest struggle I think I've had over the past couple months is the fact that I can't travel out of Canada right now. And I couldn't be at the Grow for God conference and I couldn't hug all of you people and meet you in person. I talked to Dr. Rowe the other day and so many of you that I've connected with and I can't wait to meet in 2022. But I promise you that March 2022, when they relift all restrictions and I can do whatever I want to do, we're hopping in our motorhome and it is going to be a North American world tour. And I'm calling you, Scott, and I'm calling everybody else when I come into your city and you are going to meet me whether you like it or not. Alexander, my friend, because you woke up so early this morning and you're being intentful, I'm so happy that you're here because I wanted to ask you the same question. You know, you're one of the people that on this application, every time I would pop on and listen to your segments, I hear such passion and purpose in your voice. Not only that, you know, you're very empathetic. You always listen to people that you're interviewing and you pull amazing content out of them because you're not just there waiting for your time to talk. You're literally listening to them and, and giving them that, you know, you're honoring them by listening to them. And I want to know who you're trying to impact and what purpose you have in your life. Well, first and foremost, I love your segment and I, I learned so much, actually. I'm in a, I'm in a, a funny space, right? I'm in a transition where I'm realizing that what I've been doing for the last five years, my bread and butter, I love it. I, I, listen, don't bite the hand that feeds you. I'm not going to not, I'm going to continue doing that. There are still new aspects of life that I'm wanting to grow into. And so listening to Sarah just now, when she's like, you got to narrow it down to that one word. And I was like, okay, what's my one word? I don't know yet. And so I'm kind of working on what that is, but I can say this. I found my voice in a big way. Um, and I mean that it, I've, you've heard me talk for a long time, so it's not like I couldn't speak before, but there's a difference. Um, when you go through something and, and, you know, trigger warning, I had past trauma in my, in my childhood where you were told literally you can't tell anybody. If you tell anybody, you will be killed or different things like this. You lose a part of your voice inside of you. 
what happened this weekend, what's happened now, stepping on my third stage and, and in really being so confident in what I do is that I found my voice and I found that I have a way of exemplifying and speaking love into people. So if I had to pick one word, that would be my purpose. Quickly, I picked the word love. And if I were to pick my avatar, who my, my audience is, who the superhero that I'm trying to coach, the Yoda that I am too, it's the people who A, struggle in loving who they are themselves first, and in turn, struggle to love others around them, including their family. And, and, and to teach in a way that isn't just woo-woo, let's love each other, kumbaya, let's braid our hair and stand in a circle, but that love is actually powerful enough to make all of the dreams that you've ever had in your heart come true. When I listen to you, Justin, and I listen to your calendar, your calendar is led by love. It's not led by money. And the funny thing is, is just like you said, when you put your, your five Fs in order, the last one being finances, the money gets taken care of when you put, operate through love in all other aspects of your life. You love yourself, that's why you have fun. You love your family, that's why you put them in your calendar. You love all these things. And so my purpose is love. How that's gonna, what that's gonna end up looking like, I don't know, bro, I'm working that out. I'm excited, but I know this is that I was surrounded by people like you, by Scott Simons, by Sarah McCord, by Ramon, so many people on this stage. I can list literally Dora Maria, Dr. Rowe, Dr. Sean, Patricia. I mean, there's something I can learn, Kim, from every single one of this is I have this new passion in my heart. I'm just going to continue learning and growing from badasses like you who are doing the dang thing. And you've turned your passion into your mission, your purpose, and also your finances. And I'm just so proud. Like, and first off, I apologize. I was not following you or I was and somehow unclicked it. I don't know, but you'll see that I gave you a follow today because I rectified a very poor mistake on my end because I got to learn and grow because I have a new, a new mission in my heart. And now it feels like I'm starting from, you know, scratch in a really cool way. And I'm excited to learn from all of you. So thank you so much for the opportunity to share. Thank you for that share. You gave me clarity in what you just said, because I was thinking, I'm like, man, I don't have the answers to everything, but like, if I can give people some tools and what's helped me get to where I get, and then you can come in and you can give people your voice and your tools and Ram, who I'm going to call on next can come in and give people his tools. Imagine the superpowers and we'll come together like Voltron and create this gigantic organization creature that Amazon can't stop because we're bringing the best of all aspects of our life and I'll pour into my strength. One thing I want to challenge everybody to do is go to your chapters indigo bookstore go to amazon buy a really nice paper notebook if you can right and what i'd like you to do is i'd like you to write these things out on paper and understand that it's an infinite game as my friend amanda doll says right it is it's not you know this is what i'm going to be and it's going to be this forever it is going to keep changing right and as you have these conversations and you hear things from other people your purpose may change Right. And, and what I said earlier, I want to stress this stop chasing perfection because it doesn't exist. We had a vacation plan last week where we were actually going to go over our organizational goals, everything we're going to accomplish next year, deal with some major problems. We do it once a year. Two family emergencies, entire trip got canceled, came back this week and literally putting out fires all week. What I told you about how important my family and my love for my wife is fell by the wayside Monday till today. 
And I realized last night as I came home again, super, super late, and I didn't have my dinner with my wife and daughter, and I didn't spend the time with them that I want to spend this week. I got to work from home on Thursday, right? I'm going to literally work from here. I'm going to chop out time in my day because that cup is starting to get empty. And I think it's just the clarity of having that in front of me is, you know, I, I probably got some work to do with my wife today to give her some love and attention to make sure that her cup's full. But it's it, it's not being precious about it one way or the other or feeling like I'm a failure because I didn't do that. It's just being cognizant of what you're trying to accomplish. So I love that you extrapolated that, Mr. Alexander. Ram, you probably have one of the most discerning, calming voices on this app. I tune in for every one of your segments. Yesterday was absolute fire. Talk about a gentleman who has purpose in his life i i mean what is that purpose and who are you trying to serve my friend hey justin got got me on the spot here i was loving your segment i i had no idea uh that you'd been through so much and uh it just really allowed me to uh, think about a few things um the first is that there's always an exchange there there's the there's a side of us that, and this is just what I felt when you spoke, uh, there's the lower self that is always nibbling and saying that you're, you know, why are you, you know, just stay where you are. It's not worth it. Um, there's a lot of that talk and, and we've got to fight that lower self. <laughs> I mean, the reason being is that if we have a plan for ourselves, then we're only going to impact ourselves. But if we have a plan for humanity, then we will impact humanity. And I've been thinking about this a lot. I've been speaking to a lot of people about this, my coaches, my mentors. I feel like I have personally been stuck for the last couple of years. And what I'd arrived at is that I need a new dream. So I really resonated with Alexander, what you shared as well, uh, because I had accomplished a lot of what I had dreamed of. I'd only dreamed of this stuff that I had shared with you all uh, in, in certain segments that I've um, shared my story in. Um, but then you get to that point and then what? And so I think it's so critical for people to hit those goals, hit those dreams and serve others. You know, I've said it many times, don't aim to, to help us, uh, don't aim to make a million dollars, aim to help a million people. Um, but what's the next thing beyond that? And and I'm still figuring it out myself. But I guess I'll just end with this. No matter how it lives, the compass still remains the the values that are true to you. Because I get that question a lot. What is success to you? And I often say it's how well I go to sleep at night. Because... I've had a little and I've had a lot and I've had a little, everything in between. But if I'm not going to sleep at night well, something in me, and I know that many of you can relate in your own way, but if we're not feeling like something is aligned and, and fulfilled, maybe we did someone wrong, maybe we lied, maybe we cheated, maybe we, you know, this is the thing. Sometimes we run and we don't even know it, but we are numb and I've been there. And so this is, this is where we are. It's the powerful check-in in the Breakfast of the Champions. I love it. Back to you, Justin.
I appreciate you, Ram. I think there's a, a false misconception sometimes in, in people in terms of what striving or, or working means, right? I think sometimes people just think, well, you're just working to make money. Somebody said that to me the other day, right? It was actually my health coach. And he's like, you know, I understand that putting a lot of hours to work and make millions of dollars is important to you. And I stopped him and I said, no, you don't listen to what I'm actually saying in my content. If you actually go back and you watch the 750 plus episodes I put out, I talk more about how my work is my ministry and how I actually have given up a lot of money to, to try and impact people more than, but I, I was like, thanks for telling me this. Cause it's important that I understand how my messaging is actually hitting and how things are being perceived. And I'm actually going to do a big shift in my messaging, but Ram, what you said about the two dichotomies of people and, and how this one side of you may be pulling in a direction where it's stopping you from accomplishing what you want to accomplish. It's a real thing, right? I shared earlier about the things I struggled with earlier on in my life. And I, I can name that person, right? It's his name is Jucifer. As crazy as that sounds, my nickname, here we go. We're getting real vulnerable on my right forearm. I have the word juice tattooed there. That was a nickname that I had back in the day, grew up in Montreal, hung around some not so great people. Um, God gave me the opportunity back then to say, you know, you can go down this path. We could end up in potentially jail or death, or even try and change your life. Tried to change my life, came to Ontario, got dragged right back into the muck. Um, very fast lifestyle, living for the world, perceived as fun, perceived as what the world tells you you need to do to be successful. It just, it, it felt wrong. And I, I was always around people that weren't, I call them wolves, right? And I've said this before, I think there's there's wolves, there's sheep, and there's sheepdogs. Sheepdogs understand wolves' personalities and, and that they're always trying to prey on the sheep, but they're not really wolves and they can't prey on sheep. And I feel like that was me. So I understand how wolves walk and I can understand you know, when they're trying to prey on people. But then I realized that Justin is far more powerful than Juice. And that if I'm walking this earth and I'm really trying to protect the sheep, the sheep don't have to worry about the wolves because I'll take care of them for them. So the last thing, I think the most important thing that I wanted to do today, Sarah, if you don't mind, is I feel like, I feel like everybody needs to just get up. I feel like I haven't heard this in such a long time. I feel like it's going to be the best way to end this segment. So clap your mics if you agree. Ooh, yes. to be respectful of the clock i can keep it playing in the background i found the music video sarah i see glenn flossing in front of my face i didn't even know this was a thing thank you so much for being here for the segment sarah i'm gonna pass it over to you before we give it over to patricia are you there yes i am thank you so much we are doing some uh mod bungee jumping right now so everyone who just pray that would help me focus on this reset and I would be so grateful. Justin, thank you for an incredible segment this morning. We appreciate you. You are in Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire's Breakfast Club. 
your place for motivation, education, and inspiration starting at 5 a.m. and going until 11 a.m. Monday through Friday, followed by the incredible social media show, which Alexander and Marcus and others on stage pour into you every day from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. teaching you the latest on social media. We also have our room on Saturday from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And I saw Bobby and Emily Lyons in here earlier. Uh, they run an incredible social media show after that room on Saturday. On Sunday, we have Club 111. And if you see the link at the top of the screen for the Champion Circle, I'm just going to take a moment to tell you that it is unlike any other opportunity that we have had to date. We are bringing you the access and the experiences that you have asked for. Weekly Zoom trainings with our top moderators to pour into you and help you grow your business a community um, that you can network and build relationships and partnerships with that will extend even deeper than those that we've built through the incredible movements that are hashtag rise and grind and breakfast with champions because you will be meeting on zoom every single week you will have different community touch points every single day throughout the week you will have free admission to the breakfast with champions consortium events we are planning three throughout the country for 2022 already and if you sign up right now, we have some incredible perks for you. A Zoom call with Glenn on Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern, free access to the 20 hours of Grow for God replays forever. Uh, books from our top moderators, the list goes on. So click that link at the top um, and be on the lookout for a video today that explains a little bit more because we cannot wait to share this opportunity with you to give you that access to level up your business, your habits, your life, to get that seat at the table, and to really move from motivation, education, and inspiration into activation, execution, action. We're super, super, super excited. Um, and speaking of super excited, our friend Stephen is traveling today. So for those of you who are used to Stephen having the 6.30 a.m. segment, the only reason why he's not here is because he's literally, I think, on a plane or or a train or a boat uh, or something, some form of transit. Um, and so our friends, Patricia and Dre, who run incredible rooms on uh, building your brand and monetizing with a book, will be chatting with us for the next hour. Super, super grateful and excited to pass you both the mic. Thank you, Sarah. And good morning, everyone. My name is Patricia Wooster and Dre Baldwin and I are going to spend the next hour talking to you about the five reasons your story is your superpower. And first off, I just wanted to um, throw some flowers over to TM who started our day so beautifully. So I appreciate you. Loved meeting you last week. And your segment was absolutely amazing. And Justin, um, you know, when it comes to story, you're going to be like, how does Justin's actually tie into what Patricia and Dre are talking about today? And it absolutely does, because if you notice, Justin actually weaves stories in um, when he was talking to us the last hour. And that's what made what he was talking about so tangible and easy to understand or implement. Also, when he mentioned um, building a story brand book, um, that is a book that I'm constantly sending to my book coaching clients because it is exactly how, you know, you can prepare your story for impact when it comes to our businesses. So I just wanted to kind of draw those parallels. And also today I'm joined by Dre Baldwin. Dre and I have been running book writing rooms since January, and we are usually here 
on Tuesdays from 4 to 5 p.m. And between the two of us, I was adding this up last night, we have written 44 books. So um, we have a lot of experience with stories. And one thing we have found um, just running rooms in Clubhouse is there's so many questions around stories, um, you know, that come up. And, you know, when it comes to our stories, oftentimes there's this struggle, and it's something I've always struggled with as well, is, you know, does anybody care about my story? Um, how much of it do I share? And to whom? And then is my story big enough, right? You know, we get into this habit on Clubhouse of going into rooms where we're listening to super successful people, and they have these amazing stories from where they started to where they are now. And sometimes it's easy to think your story is not big enough. And also, will anybody even care about my story? So these are questions that literally constantly are coming up for us. So we want to talk about it today because it's not just about books, okay? If you want to write a book, great. Or if you've written a book, wonderful. But our stories are woven in, like Justin, moving in stories today. Our stories are woven into when we talk in Clubhouse, when we meet with clients, when we explain the background of our businesses, so wherever you fall, it's so important to understand the beauty of story. So that's what we're going to jump into. We're going to give you the five reasons your story is your superpower. And on the fourth one, I'm actually going to share with you, which I have not shared with Glenn yet, but his Brene Brown moment that happened this weekend and why he absolutely needs to include it in one of his books. But what I'm going to do is we are going to go through five things. I'm going to say what the, the, those things are, and Dre's going to give you context for it and explain what it is, and then I'm going to give you an example. So the first one um, that we identified is the reason your story is your superpower is it connects you to your audience. So Dre, I'm going to pass it over to you to, to kind of explain what does that mean to you? Hey, good morning, Patricia, and everyone here in the room. Uh, thanks for having me on, and to answer that question, how does the story connect you to your audience? It's pretty much everything because we all know that people do not buy information. And information is actually pretty easy to come by. Anyone can share information. No one owns information. It's not proprietary. But your story is what makes it what makes it yours. And that's the thing that actually draws people in. For example, if you're trying to teach, like in my business, I teach people discipline, mental toughness, personal initiative. I used to play basketball with teach players how to get better at playing ball. Trisha, you show people how to write books. None of those ideas is brand new. Neither of us created those ideas, but what draws people into us and gets people to do those things through us or pay us to help them with them is the fact that we have a story that they can relate to. And that's what draws people in is that relation through the story. So for example, in my background playing sports, I would I would tell players how you know I struggled to even make my high school team, how I had to walk on and play in college, how I, to, how I had to hustle to even get my career started playing professionally. And because I told those examples, even though I was not the first person to play professionally, I wasn't the first player to struggle in my background to making the sports. Because I had that story and that background, a lot of players who could relate to that story, they were also struggling. They bought into me. And then they bought into my information. So the great thing about using stories to uh, build your brand, build your audience, and get people to connect with you is that when the people who can say me too to your story, not the hashtag me too, but me too, the quote, to your story, then they buy into you because they're saying, wow, this person knows exactly what it feels like to be where I'm at. Then 
that means they also probably know how to help me get through this because look at them, they're up on the stage and they have this, they have this success. So they know how to get through this challenge that I'm facing right now. So this is why we hear that phrase, your mess is your message. The more you can tell people about that mess, those who have that same mess, now they see you with the success, they know you. you know how to get through. Absolutely. And so I want to share kind of a story that was pretty amazing that happened this week. And I just warn you, like, you're going to be a little bit jealous. So on Friday uh, at the Grow for God conference, I was sitting at lunch and David Meltzer um, actually approached me and asked if he could sit down. And we spent, I've never met him before, we spent 30 minutes talking um, during that lunch. Now, if you think about the connecting to your audience, so David and I could not have more different lifestyles, okay? When I have never gone to the Grammys with Little John, for example, I can't make a phone call and appear at any major event that I want in premier seating. It's not the life I lead. But we connected through stories. We started by him sharing a story about building his business that then transitioned into the fact that we both have kids that are seniors in high school that are 17 years old that are going through the process of um, applying to college. And it was through that shared connection that the next thing I knew, we were exchanging phone numbers and he actually called me. I showed Sarah on Saturday. He actually called me and left me a voicemail. Okay, so that is how powerful it is is creating that connection. And, um, and we'll get into later. And you're going to notice a theme here because my stories primarily today are going to come from the event from last week. So just keep that in mind. But it is so amazing when you can create that connection over a shared experience and you do not have to be living parallel lives. So the first one, it was connects to your audience. The second one is the reason your story is your superpower is it's aspirational. So Dre, what is aspirational? What's an aspirational story to you? Aspirational story is an, actually a pretty simple concept with, I guess what we can call a big word. It's you letting people know, I know what it feels like to be in the seat that you're in because I was there three weeks ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. But I got through that, and now I'm in th this space right now, or I'm on this stage, or I'm on this, this platform, I'm on this pedestal right now. So the aspirational story is just letting people know, if you follow this path that I follow, or if you listen to the story that I told you, maybe I can inspire you to do the same thing, or maybe I can give you the exact strategy to do the exact same thing. So aspirational is just putting people in what we would call dream mode take them from where they are right now and mentally you help them imagine what it would feel like to get to the place that they want to be and this is essentially what we all do whenever we're selling anything you saw a speaking gig you let the uh, meeting planner know if i come and give this speech your audience is going to feel this way when i step off of the stage or you can even ask them let them tell you how they want their audience to feel when you step off the stage you're putting them in that aspirational mode of what they're going to get when you see an advertisement for a luxury vehicle, what are they telling you? They're telling you how you're going to feel emotionally when you pull up to the ballet or you pull out of your garage driving that luxury vehicle. When you hire a personal trainer, the trainer wants to know, right, what do you want to achieve in your first 90 days? Right, what kind of shape do you want to get in? How many, how many ab muscles do you want to see by the summer? You're putting yourself into aspirational mode. So an aspirational story 
is just telling some type of transformational story. Just like a personal trainer has a bunch of before and after pictures on their website showing, hey, you can aspire to do this exact same thing. Look at all these other people who've done it. You can aspire to feel like this person stepping out of the Lamborghini. Look at all these other people who are doing the exact same thing. So an aspirational story is you just letting people know other people have aspired the same way that you're aspiring or maybe the way that I'm trying to influence you to aspire. All you have to do is follow what I'm going to tell you in order to do it. Absolutely. And if we go back to a great example of this, and I'm trying to use people in this room, people that we're all aware of, is Brian Benstock showed up to the event this weekend. And he came in, in like a brick house. He was Steven. And, but Brian Benstock came in for the event. He spoke high energy. And he told his story about building his dealership, building it through the pandemic, right? Meanwhile, he's preparing for the New York Marathon. Like he was running the New York Marathon in tandem, basically, of being with us in Lexington, Kentucky. So that's aspirational. Seeing him in person, hearing his story, knowing that at, that his fitness level, where he's at, and then understanding what he's doing next, that's aspirational, right? It's somebody in this room that if you're into health and fitness, if you want to be successful, he, it's very aspirational to look at Brian Benstock. Now, we can all be aspirational in our own ways. So, you know, sometimes we give these extreme examples, like you may be thinking, well, I, you know, I can't be Brian. You can't, but you can be aspirational in your own right. Anytime that you conquer something that somebody else wants to do, aspires to do, you are aspirational. So dig into your experiences, your expertise, even just getting through a particularly tough moment in your life, you can become that aspirational person for somebody else. So number three. So Patricia, is, before you go on, can I add, yep. a, add an anecdote to that? Absolutely. We're run out of time here. So, so for example, coming in my background in sports, and as I said earlier, I didn't start playing until I was 14, didn't make my high school team, but one year, my senior year, sat the bench, walked on to play in college, and then I went on to have a nearly 10-year-long professional athlete career. And going along, right along with what Patricia just said, is that you don't have to be at a specific point in order to have an aspirational story. Because, for example, most of you probably never heard of me through basketball, never saw me on TV. I'm not LeBron James or Kobe. But what I tell people all the time when I'm telling my story, the reason that I was able to connect with so many athletes with my background is because for every one LeBron, there's a thousand Dre Baldwin's. So there were more people who could relate to my background than could relate to LeBron or Kobe or Michael Jordan's background because they couldn't picture themselves being the number one ranked player since they were 12 years old and having this yellow brick road all the way to the pros. They had to struggle and strive. Nobody was telling them they could make it. Nobody thought they should even keep trying. A bunch of people probably told them, told them even to give up. So when they heard my story, they said, okay, this guy is at where I'm at. I can relate to him. I can't quite relate to LeBron as much. You might like him, but you can't relate to him because you have not lived the life that he's lived. But when they heard my story, they said, oh, man, this guy, is li this guy has lived exactly what I'm living. And he made it out of it and made a success out of it. I aspire to at least do that. So that way they could relate to me, even though you could be a fan of the person who's way ahead of you, but you can relate to the person who knows what it feels like to sit in the seat that you're sitting in. 
So that's another aspect of the aspirational story, understanding that you don't have to be the number one person at your thing. You just have to find the people who are at the same spot that you're at right now because they want to know how to get there from where they are. They might like the person who's 10 levels above them, but they can't relate to them. So that matters a lot is your ability to relate to your target, the person who's where you used to be. Absolutely. And that really leads us into the next point, which is number three, which is it offers your unique perspective. So when I'm working with clients, the one thing that I tell them is that your experiences plus your expertise plus your unique perspective, that's your sweet spot. Okay. That's your methodology. That's your connection point. That's your framework. That's your secret sauce. And some of you guys know this because I've shared this before in this room, but in 2016, I was kind of, I was knocked off of my game. I, I was having the best year of my life initially where I just gotten a really great book deal with Simon and Schuster. And it was the dream that I had had. It was the top of the bucket list item. And in May, I walked out of a orange theory class and with a collapsed lung and um, out of nowhere. 85% collapse and my lung continued to collapse every month after that. So I'm in the middle of writing a book. I couldn't pull my marketing support. They would maybe shelf the book. So in October, I had a major lung surgery, um, which I didn't find out until afterwards that has is the third most painful recuperation a person can have. And so, and I had a book coming out in January. So what happened during that period of time, that recuperation where I was in and out of sleep, in and out of pain is I started reading personal development books because I knew I was spiraling, like, you know, go this from this really high to this extreme low, a lot of pain, um, a lot of things kind of falling apart because of it. And so I started reading all these personal development books and I ended up finding the right book at the right time from the right person that pulled me out. And I've talked about in this room before, it's a miracle morning and it's a very simple book. But at that time, that's what I needed. I needed simple. And it gave me a very simple process to get off the couch, to get moving and to start moving things in the right direction. And what happened was after I kind of got through that, you know, um, got back on my feet, I got this clarity around what I wanted to do with my life. So I was already helping coach people write books. Um, I was already writing books, but I was helping anyone and everyone. I was not, I had not, I don't have a specialty. And the absolute clarity that I settled on is I want to work with people that want to take their earned expertise and experiences and create an impact or transformation on other people through books. So I'm very specific about that. Like I don't work with memoirs. I don't work with fiction, you know, anything else. And that is where that your unique perspective comes in. And that is my story of how I came to my unique perspective. But we all have, you know, that secret sauce. And it goes back to like what we've talked about with aspirational and connecting to your audience. You do not have to have the largest, longest story. We all have multiple stories within us. And it's what we bring to the table that makes our experiences and expertise unique. So that is the way that we can really serve and give back to others. So I wanna pass it over to Dre for some comments from you about you know, your unique perspective when it comes to story. 
that unique perspective is the special sauce that separates everything. I mean, you look at what you're doing here, Patricia, you help people write nonfiction books. As I said earlier, that's not a brand new idea. And you have competition. There are other people who do it as well. I see their Instagram ads all the time. Some of those ads suck, but they're out there doing it. The thing is, your story, plus the fact that you have a framework, a specific framework and a specific target, that's what makes yours stand out and makes you different from any other author, coach, who's out there helping people write books. Breakfast with Champions is a place where people gather and they get an inspirational message and some information and some knowledge and some some game if you will that you know starts in the morning so why it's called breakfast for champions is that a brand new idea not necessarily but the secret sauce is the fact that we have these people we do it this way and it's this this is the structure of how we do it that's the secret sauce that makes it stand out and makes it different myself work on your game i talk about things like discipline mental toughness and confidence strategy accountability execution I didn't create those things. I'm not the only one talking about them. I won't be the last one talking about them. But the fact that I created a framework around it and there's a story to that framework, that's what people connect with. So the story being just overall for all of these points we're talking about here, Patricia, is story is what humans remember. We remember the narrative. We do not remember information. And if we do remember information, it's usually either A, a small parts of information we remember because maybe we've gone over it so many times or B, we remember information because it's connected to a story. And this is something that I even use myself whenever I do keynotes or even when I'm talking on my own podcast, the stories remind me of the information. So when I tell the story, then it's easy for me to locate in my mind the information. But if I had to just memorize a whole bunch of information, I wouldn't do too well with that. That's probably why I was a C student in school. Because it wasn't easy for me to remember the information, but had it been connected to narrative and story, a framework, and the story can be a framework in itself, that makes it easy for me to keep in my mind, makes it easy for me to connect with and decide what I want to connect with and who I want to connect with, and it just makes it more enjoyable overall. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, the other thing, too, is I think that we think that our like we need to lead with our big story, right? And so that leads us to number four, which is your story can be big or small. Okay, Brene Brown is absolutely the, um, she is the master at the small story of bringing the connection through a small story. And this, I'm gonna get to Glenn in this one. So the small story, and I'll never forget it. I read the book, Gift of Imperfection when it came out. I don't know, years and years ago. It was the first book I read from her. And I remember, and and I'm kind of, I'm total book nerd. So I take books that I enjoy and I read them and then I go back and I actually just map out what is the framework. I break down the framework and why it worked. Um, so anyway, I went back through it and towards the beginning, she shares a story where her and her husband, they live on a lake and they were swimming across a lake and they get to the other side and she made a comment to her husband that she thought was deserved kind of a significant response. And he did not respond that way. You know, we've all been in those moments with our spouses. We say something, we think we're going to get a lot of feedback or a conversation. The other person just kind of nods or doesn't pay fully attention. So it was a really small story and they got into a little argument. The point of the story was she was trying to immediately create a connection with her reader. There was not one person who read that exchange that would not be nodding their head along and be like, yep, I've been there. It's happened. 
Now, if she would have started her book talking about how she hangs out with Oprah, she's got a Netflix special, that she's done all these amazing things, then she would have made the book about herself and not the reader. She would have lost that opportunity to connect. So this weekend, we were at the Grow for God conference, and I'm going to try to keep as, you know, this is the timeline as I perceived it. Um, There were a lot of things happening in the background, but so on Saturday morning, very early, Glenn found out that Grant Cardone was coming. Now, Grant Cardone, as many of us know, not only is, you know, has he done some amazing things and he's a high profile person, but very significantly, he has impacted Glenn's life. It is the person that Glenn has been following for years. It's somebody he really looks up to. So if you think to who some of the heroes are to you, how significant that is. If you are hosting an event in Lexington and that person flew in that day just for you, that is so significant, right? That's a big story. That is a big, big story for Breakfast of Champions. It says a ton about Glenn and his team. So that's the big part. So Grant came in. You know, everyone was surprised and he came up on stage and they sat down and and talked to the audience for about 30 minutes. Then they went outside and there were pictures and stuff. And then you kind of saw Glenn and remember, this is my perspective. You see Glenn and Grant kind of walking down the hallway like Glenn is going to take him to the airport. Now think about this. How would you feel if you had a one-on-one opportunity? Now, First of all, you're exhilarated because this person just showed up. They just gave an amazing talk to your audience. And now you are walking out with this person to have a one-on-one private drive to the airport. Pretty amazing, right? So what happens? Glenn's wife, however, because Glenn, unaware of exactly what's happening on stage, messages him and says, hey, your son is about to go on stage. So Glenn has these phenomenal children. Um, I don't know how he did this because my children would, would, were not this amazing at this age. Um, but he has some that was going to be giving a performance for all of us. And she said, where are you? And he was getting ready to take Grant um, to the airport. Now, Glenn had to make a choice, Right. Is he going to say, you know what, I've I've got my son at home for another 12 years or whatever. I've seen performances. I've been watching him rehearse this. Like, I'm good. And I may not get this opportunity again with Grant. Right? A hard choice. So, but he, he didn't hesitate. He came running back. Sarah took Grant to the airport. And Glenn was there for his son. Now, to me, the part about Glenn sitting there watching his son with tears in his eyes, 100% engaged in that moment is a feeling that we, as parents, we can all tap into. We've all been there. We've all had to make sacrifices or choices when it comes between our career or what we want and what's best for our kids or what we want, that experience we want with our family. We all know what it feels like to sit and have pride in our kids. So to me, if Glenn wanted to connect with the most amount of people when he was opening up his book, he wouldn't lead 
with the focus on Grant Cardone. He would lead with his son and that experience of watching his children one by one over the weekend perform and come up on stage at an event in front of people that is like family to Glenn. So that is that difference between a big or small story. Those small stories are oftentimes much more significant for connecting with more people, whereas your big stories may fall more into the aspirational category. A mix of both is important. So I'm going to pass it over to Dre to kind of comment on that big versus small, because I know like you are a professional athlete. That's pretty big, right? But you also have lots of little things that have happened along the way that allow you to connect with your audience. Of course. And those are the anecdotes. Those are the small stories. Those are the, well, here's what happened when I went to the pizza shop or here's something that occurred when I went to drop some packages off at UPS. Those little stories, those little anecdotes, they do several things. First of all, they can help connect you to your audience, like you said, with the Brene Brown and the story with uh, Glenn and Grant Cardone. Yes, it can help connect you to your audience, but it also, what it also does is, number two, allows you to recall information and it implants that information in the minds of your audience because you tell the story to usually connect to a bigger point because both of those stories were connected to a bigger point. Renee was setting up something she was sharing for her book. Glenn was telling, connecting a bigger point about his purpose and his life and what, what his priorities are, what's most important to him. And it's easier for us as people who hear that story to remember it when we remember the story. And the third thing that it does, and this is especially important for all the thought leaders and brand builders out there, is that it allows us to share more of ourselves with our audience. Because our audience, of course, we our audience comes to us because we have the success, because we're up on the stage, you got all these followers, you're making this money, you're selling these products, you got you know, a shiny car, big muscles, whatever it happens to be. But also those small stories, those little things that happen in your life are what allow people to get a glimpse into who you really are as a person. The non-shiny moments, the not on stage moments, those vulnerable moments, or again, just little things that occur and other people can say, oh, that happened to me too. Or I understand how that could be. Or, okay, that gives me a little glimpse into who this person is and how they think and why they are who they are. Those little glimpses are really the things that draw people into us as as people who are building brands and building audiences, especially these days when we have social media whose whose very purpose is for everybody to be in everybody else's business. As much of your business as you want to share. And when you're willing to share it, people are going to pay attention to it. And they're going to listen. And one thing that I've learned over the years, having been online for over 15 years publishing, is that people are paying attention to and listening and reading and watching, even when you think they're not, even when you think people, you put something out and you share some little anecdote and you think nobody really noticed because nobody said anything. It might be five, six years later, somebody brings that thing up to you and you realize, wow, like they are paying attention. People really are listening. They're noticing these little things about you, even though they're not saying anything. So 97% of your audience will never tell you anything about what parts of what you're sharing they're paying attention to, but they are absolutely paying attention. So every single thing you do is part of your marketing, is part of your message, and is part of the relationship that you're either building or destroying with your audience. It's so true. So this weekend when I was at the event, I had people coming up to me and saying, like repeating things back to me that I had said. I didn't necessarily remember saying them because I, I talk in here a lot and 
you know, post some stuff on Instagram and that kind of stuff. But people are paying attention. And what, what really becomes sticky to them are the things that either attract them to you or repel them. You know, people re also remember what repels them about people as well. So, you know, what we say is very sticky and it's always something to keep in mind. And it's where you're showing up all over the place. And so we're talking about stories here. I just want to kind of reiterate, we're not just talking about books, right? We share, I mean, I don't even know how many stories are shared in this room every single day, but it's a lot. So we share stories with our neighbors. And if you really paid attention to how many stories you share throughout your day, whether you're talking to your kids or, or somebody at work, I mean, that's what we're doing. We're connecting through stories. So I want to quickly reset the room and then we will um, get to the fifth one. But good morning, everyone. We are in the Breakfast of Champions room, the Millionaire's Breakfast Club, and we are here every morning to bring you motivation, education, and inspiration. So ping some of your friends in by clicking that plus sign. And we are here from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. every Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. every Saturday, and Club 111, which is our worship service on Sunday. So we have our incredible social media show every weekday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and pop-up rooms throughout the afternoon and evening to talk about trending topics and to connect with you. So you probably heard, because I've talked about it several times, that we had the Grow for God, which was an amazing conference just last week where Grant Cardone flew in with a surprise interview with Glenn Lundy and so many amazing performances and life-changing events. So you can go and access those replays, which I, if you weren't there, you really, really, really should. There is so much amazing information and inspiration there. And you can go to growforgod.com to get that information. So if you're just joining us, what we're talking about, Dre, and I is the five reasons your story is your superpower. And we have so far, we have discussed is that it, number one, it connects you to your audience. Number two, it's aspirational. Three, it offers your unique perspective. Four, your story, it can be big or it can be small. You really should have a combination of both depending on who you're talking to and the message you're trying to send. And the fifth one is it clarifies your mission. So it's the why behind what you do. So hopefully, and I'm going to look through the audience here. Yep, he is here with the brand new profile picture. So Triple J. Um, Triple J here in Breakfast of Champions. Um, if you guys have been following along, he is a champion in this room. He has a remarkable story that he is gifted with us over and over again. And he was at the Grow for God conference. And I am telling you, we showed up at around 5 a.m. to Glenn's 1,000th episode, 5, 5.15 in the morning. And he came strutting in, and he was in a suit. He had a, I don't know, I'm not a sports person, a, a wrestling or a, a boxing um, belt over his shoulder. And every single day when he walked into that room, it was like a celebrity entering the room. I mean, he just radiates light and love. I mean, big smile on his face. People gravitated to him. It was truly amazing. And when we talk about clarifying your mission, he is positioning himself right now to help others. I mean, I know that definitively that he is positioning himself. He is 
you know, he is talking to everybody. He is talking about how he can't wait to get back. He is talking about how he is empowered and inspired. And so um, that's what we talk about when your story clarifies your mission. His story is just beginning. So I want to give a special shout out to Triple J because he is so amazing. And he was such a gift to this conference this week. I mean, he was such a gift to be there. And then the other person I really wanted to talk about who is so good at clarifying their mission is Sarah McCord. So my friend Sarah, um, if you've been around for a while, you know, she is an amazing leader within this group. I met her back in January through the, um, we had a daily marketing show that we showed up to Monday through Friday. But where her mission comes in, it's around the significance of September and October to her and her family. That's what clarifies her her why, and I'm not going to get into her story, but it's where she honors and creates legacy around her story by helping others. And so one of her superpowers is the way that she puts words together that can literally crack you wide open. It's all heart. When I think of Sarah, I knew Sarah before she was the leader of this group. I knew her as someone who, when she spoke, it was literally heart. Like you, like it just cracks you open. I don't know how else to explain it, but her mission and her vision is very clear. And if you spend a little bit of time with her, you will understand what that is. And that is the power of having a story where you have connected it to who you are as a person and why you do what you do. So I wanted to pass it over to Dre to make comments as well, because I think it's so important to really understand that connection, that your story is not just a story, but if you can connect it to the core of who you are, you are now putting yourself in the position to be of service to others with your story. Even if your story didn't have the outcome that you personally wanted, you are in the position to help somebody else, to avoid um, the same outcome, to be empathetic, um, just to be a great human being. So, Dre, I'm going to hand it to you. This is absolutely, this is imperative for anyone who wants to build a big brand, if you want to build a large audience, if you want to have raving, devoted uh, devotees in your audience and not just followers and not just fans and not just customers, you absolutely need to figure out because everybody has a story. So it's not like you need to create a story. The story is already there. You've already lived it for 25, 50, or 43 years. You've already lived the story. The challenge that we all have is figuring out how can we take what we've gone through in our lives and connect it to what we do professionally. And the more smoothly we can do that, the more easy, the more easily we can make it make sense for the people who are taking in our message and make it target the people who are taking in our message, the more easily they will connect to us and the more ready they will be to do whatever it is you want them to do, to follow your calls to action, whatever they happen to be. And if you think of all the people that even Patricia has mentioned so far, think of a Brene Brown. I don't even, I'm not that big of a follower of Brene Brown, but I know that her story is about the vulnerability and showing your weaknesses and showing your and embracing your deficiencies. And I've heard enough of her talk that she always finds a way to connect some type of story of that to anything that she's sharing. And a bunch of people connect with that. 
You look at someone like Grant Cardone. He talks about, I've heard him tell his story of how when the market crashed, well, he had a bunch of stories. He's, he, the older you are, the more stories you have. But I heard him tell a story when the market crashed around 2008. Now he was in a precarious situation. He said, I'll never put myself in that space again. And now his business is about, when I hear him speak, he's always talking about how to make sure other people don't get themselves into that space. Uh, Glenn, talking about his story and just the story that you shared there, Patricia, about how he had to decide, do I get this, do I take this car ride with this guy who I've looked up to for years, or am I going to go listen to my own son speak on stage at my event? And that's part of his story, and it connects people to him. Patricia, you telling your story about helping people make impact with their books and about how when you walked out of that orange theory and all out of nowhere, you had this medical situation that you had to deal with. Me telling my story, how I was you know, counted out or maybe not counted at all, and I had to figure out how to get myself into the space that I needed to be in and how that connects to all the things that I talk about to this day. So sometimes it's interesting because when people don't know our stories and we, all those people that I just mentioned, there are people who don't really know the backstory of some of those individuals and they might only hear some clip or they might see some three minute video on YouTube or they'll hear about some post that that person has out that went viral in a positive or a negative way. And they'll just hear a little segment of what this person is talking about. Maybe just the information or the point that they're making but they don't know the backstory of that individual and they say, oh, well, this person is arrogant or this person's cocky or this person just doesn't understand. And this person is kind of cold. This person doesn't have compassion. They don't have empathy. But if you only get the, the cliff note version of the point that a person is making and you don't understand the backstory behind why they're talking like that, then it makes sense that you might be misunderstood by certain people in an audience. And this happens to all of us all the time. But when people know that backstory, they know why you talk like that, why you say the things that you say, that's that's the glue that connects everything together. So the story is basically the, the glue or the, the gluten, the yeast that brings everything together and makes it all stay connected so people can understand, OK, I see what this person is saying. It might be a little bit different from what I've heard or different from what I thought. But because I know their story, I understand why they talk like this. And that's what makes it all make sense. So the story is everything for gluing together all of your knowledge and expertise and information. Yeah, totally. I mean, I always tell people like, don't lead with your Ferrari unless you're going to tell people how they got it, right? <laughs> it's not impressive. But if you've got a Ferrari sitting on your driveway and you start with your story about all the hardship or the different things that you had to do, or you're going to give me the steps that you took to get it, then that makes that story interesting. And um, what I have found, and this is, happens a lot. So I have book coached probably about 100 people, um, mostly entrepreneurs, former athletes, or uh, corporate clients, corporate people who want to eventually exit and kind of do their own thing. And if they've already started writing their book, I would say that the majority, when they give it to me, and this is why this conversation is so important, there's, their book is leading with their LinkedIn profile. And it's not because these are bad people. It's not because these are people that want to show off. It's because they feel like they need to lead with providing the context or justify why it's okay that they're writing this particular story or why you should read their book. And the thing I tell them is, first of all, for most of us, if they've already opened the front cover of the book, they already bought it. Like they're, they're a lay down. 
Like you got them, they already bought the book. And so where you need to start is to be of service. You need to lead with acknowledging that you understand where they're at, what their challenges, what their problems are, and that you are going to help lead them. And this goes to the story brand. You're going to be the Yoda that makes them the superhero of their story. And then as they get to know you, as you travel through the book, or if you're giving a speech or you're doing a blog post, whatever that is, as they get to know you, just like you do in a friendship, or if you're dating somebody, you don't lead with your entire backstory. Once somebody gets to know you, they want to know more about you. And then you can start kind of breadcrumbing your story through there if it's significant or if it's something you feel they need to know. But you don't ha- we don't need to jump in with our professional profile or our most tragic event and sort of dump front load things with that. So the story piece, which goes back to our number one, which is connection. And to create a connection, it needs to be a conversation, not a domination. And so that was, you know, we were just trying to give some tips today. This room is so amazing when it comes to story. And I invite everyone to share their story. Everyone has a story we're sharing. And I would say everyone has multiple stories we're sharing, both big and small. And so I just wanted to open it up um, for discussion. If people want to flash their mics, if they have a comment, a question, um, we just want to give some space for that right now. I just hey Patricia. Hey, I can't. I can't. I can't see it. So, whoever that is, go ahead and speak. Well, I, it was Mary Lynn, but somebody else was going to add to It's so Tamara, ahead. Mary Lynn. You can go first, sweetie. Oh, I was just saying I love the part about the small story because I distinctly remember Brene Brown. They were swimming. She Something about her bathing suit. You know, she didn't get the response. They talked about it later. And as I'm cultivating, putting my story together, I just love that. So thank you for that share because you're right. The small story made the impact. Thank you. Mary yeah, Lynn, thank you. Mirror that. Yeah, I was going to mirror that same conversation. Is the when I went to go write my book, I really wanted. I knew what the big stories were, but every big story has a bunch of supporting stories that got you to that place, that got you to that awareness, or got you to that place of break, right? And so it was unpacking the smallest stories, conversations with my nana, conversations with my husband, conversations with employees, conversations with myself that no one ever knew about and no one partook with. um, That actually made the story that much more um, voluptuous. And it was incredible to see the outcome of what that did, even sharing stories, not necessarily through books, but through stage, like it happened this past weekend, hearing everyone's stories, Triple J, like you mentioned, Patricia, um, and then seeing the breakthrough that happens for other people because there's an aha moment that they can too. And so I had a lot of people coming up to me about sexual abuse and physical abuse and emotional abuse after I shared about the nonprofit that we were helping support. And uh, it's just wild to see the connectivity of human beings through our stories. And I love what you do, Patricia. Thank you so much. And Dre, you guys are incredible. Hey, this is Lolita. I'll pop in. Um, Patricia, were you going to follow up with that? 
No, go ahead, beautiful. <laughs> hey, yes, I absolutely loved um, the piece where you all talked about to make a connection is really about a conversation and not leading with your LinkedIn profile, not leading with all your accolades, not leading with the titles that um, are atop of us because reality is it's the connection that matters and that is really based on the conversation. So I love that you reminded us of that, particularly as we sit on Clubhouse and so many times people don't lead with their heart. People forget that when you reach out, it's okay to just make a connection based off of the getting the conversation going. And I think that that also translates very well inside of a book. The, the best books are those where you can feel as though I want to get cozy and we're talking to each other. We're right here and I'm right here inside of the story. So thanks so much for that reminder. And I think we can each take a piece of that today. Hey, Patricia, this is Dr. Anup. Can I jump in super quickly? Absolutely. Go ahead. Oh, thank you so much. I loved your segment. And uh, let me tell you, yesterday I attended uh, a master class by Miss Patty Dobrovsky. She's a four-time TEDx speaker. And uh, she actually coached people regarding how to draw your creative future. That was a master class. And I promised in that, Patricia, that um, I'll talk to you. Because I was struggling to write my, I'm, I'm planning to write my first book. And I actually set up the deadline for the 30th June 2022. And, and she told me, Anup, just, just go ahead and talk to that lady whom, whom you're talking about. I was literally talking about you. And the desired new reality is all about that I already finished my book. That too before the deadline. And I loved the segment uh, in which you said something regarding Glenn and his story. Wow, awesome. Everybody has a story and I too has a big story and I would love to share. Thank you so much, Patricia. I appreciate your segment. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And Glenn has just come into the room. Glenn, you missed your Brene Brown moment story. I'll have to share it with you later. Um, but yeah, I I'd love to hear it. <laughs> it has to do with Grant Cardone and you making the choice to come back and spend time with your son who was on stage honoring us with his performance and what an amazing choice that was. Now I have teenagers, so the choice may have been easy because my kids on stage would not be precious, but um, the fact that you made the choice very quickly um, when your hero and somebody that had flown in to see you and you had to make a split second decision of whether you would come back and see your son and be 1000% present. Um, that is the connection story is what we were talking about. The big story was Grant. But if you led in a book with your story about you and your son and that choice and the significance of your kids performing and gracing all of us with performances through the weekend, that would be the story that would connect with the most people. So Grant is aspirational. And the connection story has to do with you and your family and that choice that you had to make in the moment. So what we're talking about today is that the five reasons your story is your superpower. And I encourage everyone to really give some thought as to what their stories are. The big, the small, the aspirational, the ones that can connect you as an act of service to those people that may be walking just a few steps behind you in the moments. Um, and go back to that formula I gave about your unique perspective. 
that is a combination of your experiences with your expertise and your individual unique perspective. That is your sweet spot. That is your secret sauce. If you really spend time focusing on that, that is often where your frameworks and the methodologies for your business come from is using that combination is the thing that makes you stand out from everyone else. It is also the thing that attracts the right people to you and repels the rest. And in order to create an impact, you really have to be willing to repel some people. So if you notice today, the stories and examples that Dre and I give when we talk about stories included this community. We only included people within the Breakfast of Champions community. And it's people that we have personally met due to this incredible group that have been brought together with Breakfast of Champions. Because it's through the stories that we have shared with purpose and intention that we have formed these amazing connections, both online and offline, because like-hearted attracts like-hearted. That is an attraction. We repel people who are not like-hearted, that don't want to be inspired, that don't want to be motivated, don't want to be educated, and it's very, very intentional. So it's a human-to-human human connection that so many people right now are missing and that we have found right here in this room. H to H, human to human connection. And that is why since I joined this community that I have more than 10X my business. I mean, I could give you analytic analytics to that. And I have 1000X my personal and professional circle. The partnerships and friendships and sense of community are incredible. It was so reinforced this last weekend by the number of people that came up and gave me hugs and support and reached out. And it's an opportunity that every single person in this room who listens to the podcast, that attends the events, who shows up every morning, that was coming to the feedback group, that follows on Instagram, it's an opportunity that every single person here has. And if that is something that you want to multiply for yourself, then I want to give Sarah an opportunity to explain how you can start 10Xing or like I've done 1000Xing those personal and professional connections. So if Sarah is available, I'm going to pass it over to you to kind of um, wrap that up. I am available. I am super, super excited that you called on me. We are just shuffling the stage. And I also see that Glenn's here as well. If he wants to talk a bit about the champion circle, since I talked about it twice already this morning, we are so, so excited about this next evolution of Breakfast with Champions to give you more access. As you're saying, Patricia, that you made these connections and 10 extra business. That's literally one of the things that we love to hear that this investment of time that you're putting in is not just pouring into you, you know, personally, but it's also pouring into you professionally. It's helping you grow through what you're learning, through the training, through the connections that you're making. Um, so I can keep talking about it. Or Glenn Lundy, are you, do you happen to be here to talk about the champion circle, brother? Um, I'm here, and I've been talking about the champion circle with my wife all morning. <laughs> my wife's like, this is crazy. What exactly are we doing here, right? This is so, so cool. And... I am excited about the future of Breakfast with Champions. I am excited for the opportunity to give people access to the strategies and to the network 
to connections that they might not be able to get in any other way. And so the Champion Circle is a weekly Zoom uh, led by eight amazing, amazing business leaders um, that really know what the heck they're doing, right? They really know what the heck they're doing. And we had a, a virtual summit with Ramon last night, which was phenomenal. And we talked a little bit about Champion Circle and, and the biggest difference being, you know, on Ramon's summit or in a room like this, we have education that we share and motivation and inspiration. Um, but what the Champion Circle does is it gives us additional access where we can really dive in and we can say, okay, what exactly are you working on? What is the project? What is the business? What does your revenue look like now? What career are you looking to step out of and looking to step into? Who are you? What is your schedule? Do you have kids, right? Like we can really dive in and get a better understanding of the situations and the scenarios. And then we can give you all of the strategy, the data, the information, help you avoid any of the dummy tax um, that comes along with, with, with us stepping out to be entrepreneurs or to level up in our individual careers, if we're looking for promotions, ways to generate more income, all of those different things, right? So I was thinking about it. I personally, on Sunday, kind of stepped into a new um, realm of, of business that I hadn't been in before. And immediately on Monday, I had the opportunity to call these incredible humans, right? Judge Graham, who's done multiple nine-figure exits. Uh, Brian Benstock, number one Honda dealer in the world, who also has contracts with Google. And, you know, Liza Myers-Borches, who owns 20 dealerships across Virginia and has continued to, to, to expand. Uh, Brian Hess with top contractor schools, got the largest contractor education and employing uh, employee, employ, employing. <laughs> I don't know if that's a word, but the dude's a beast, right? And so being able to call them and say, here's my situation. Here's the revenue. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. Here's the vision. What do I need to do next? Right? And so being able to do that, having them in my Rolodex, which has been earned over the last seven years, really, was such, such a leg up, man, such a gift. Like there's so many mistakes that we will now avoid because I have that circle. And so being able to offer a circle like that to everybody in this room to where you'll be able to ask those questions, avoid those mistakes, get those strategies and get very, very clear on what you want to do next. That's what really excites me. We are excited to share our experiences as well as our relationships to help you level up, to help you grow in all those different aspects and areas of your business. So championcircle.live, you can go to championcircle.live if you want to be a part of this, if you want to join us, if you're ready to activate, if you're ready to get that access, that took me years and years and years to build, you can now accelerate it. This is the shortcut for you. So championcircle.live, or you can just click that link right here on the top of the screen. If you've updated your Clubhouse app, you should see a link at the top. 
you can click that link and you can join us that way. And uh, Sarah, I appreciate you. Yeah, there we go. Um, Sarah, I appreciate you giving me space to talk about that a little bit. Patricia, I adore you. It was so incredible getting to meet you live and in person. You are such a tremendous asset to the Breakfast with Champions uh, team, to the table, to all these people, all the people that are in this room. I am excited for the future and the opportunities that you bring to the tables that we can now create uh, in the future for people with their books and being able to help them put together books and so on and so forth. So excited about all the things. So thank you, Patricia. And I will be back here in 30 minutes at eight o'clock. My boss, Sarah McCord, has so kindly given me a space here where I'll get to share. So I'm super excited uh, to be here with you guys from eight to eight thirty. So make sure you don't go anywhere. And I'll just drop in the one thing I wanted to add to is that we really want you all to take advantage of the opportunity and sign up right now. So along with uh, this clubhouse segment at 8 a.m. here, Glenn is actually leading a live Zoom training to kick us off Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern for everyone who signs up for the Champion Circle. But you have to do it right now if you want to get in on that Zoom call. You will also get all of the Grow for God replays if you sign up right now. That's 20 hours of content for free. You're going to get an exclusive course from the Champions Training Center, which isn't even dropping until Black Friday. You will get books from our top moderators. And I want to shout out Kim Walsh Phillips, who I see on stage, who's going to be one of your top trainers. She is on I was about to ask that. Like, have you locked Kim down? Kim's in? You're in, right, Kim? Because I just told the world you're in, right, sister? Yes. <laughs> Locked and loaded, ready to go. Love it. That's what I'm talking about. I wasn't sure if you'd made any coach announcements, Sarah. So I love that, I Kim. I am excited to run morning. with you, girl. I might have I might have dropped. I think, uh, Sarah, and... I'll uh, I'll shoot you a DM. I think I, I just thought of another good bonus we're gonna throw in there for those that get first at the table because we know that speed brings success. So I'll shoot you a message right now. Best, the best gift freebies and giveaways that and I'm super excited. Right yeah, there. I might have dropped some names, saucy. Glenn. I might have I might have I might have dropped the name David Spizak, whose birthday it is today. I might have dropped the name Brian Benstock, Elijah Bowie, and Haley Hobson. I might have Marvin Reed. Is Marvin still here? I might have dropped a, a few names, a few names this morning, but that's why you gotta be in the room. <laughs> you have to be in this room and then you have to be in the champion circle room because if you're not in the room, I mean there's just so much opportunity for you to really connect with each other and with these elite trainers in a really special way. So click the link above and um, I will either pass it back to Patricia and Dre. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'll pass it back to you, Patricia, and then we'll go over to Ramon. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Glenn. And I just want to say I love you guys so much and it was so great to see you guys in in real life. Um, There's really not a substitute for that experience. But the experience everybody gets in this room is so incredible. And I will make one comment. And um, I have been a part of a gazillion masterminds. And then when I was in corporate America, I got exposed to some of the best training in the planet. Um, I was very fortunate for that. And there is really no experience out there that I have found so far that would bring this many incredible experts who are running their own superpower groups into a room together where you get ex- access to all of those people. Um, I want to, sh- I want to come, you know, <laughs> I want to hear Kim, you know, I want to talk to Brian Benstock. And so 
really can, if you're in business, if you want to start a business, even if you're a part of somebody else's business, really think about this opportunity because it's really an amazing opportunity to get a seat at the table. Um, also, um, I just want to honor Ramon for a second before I pass the mic to him. He hosted an incredible summit last night and it was absolutely amazing. He had all of these great speakers. The flow was great and so much great tactical advice. So great event. Thank you for being in service, Ramon. And I'm going to pass the mic over to you for your segment. Patricia Wooster and Dre. Patricia, I received those flowers. Thank you. Listen, I don't do this because it's customary. Because if it wasn't a good segment, I would say Jack Diddley squat. Can we flash our mic for Patricia and Dre? What a powerhouse session they've done. All about books, your story, publishing, and more. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Dre. You'll rock the house as always. All right, everybody. My name is Ramon Ray. Started four companies, sold two companies. I cannot teach you how to have a billion-dollar business, but I can definitely teach you how to build businesses that generate hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue because I've done it four times and sold two of them. I ask you patiently to listen fast because I have a lot to share and I thought about it. Should I be slow and purposeful and very methodical like Marvin and, you know, read really? I just can't do it. I can't. I was going to say, like, we'd be like, what? Did you take something? <laughs> so we're going to start the segment in a few minutes, but I have a few opening comments I want to say before we begin Ramon's top 10 exclusively on Breakfast with Champions. One, as you heard Glenn, he has his own segment. He got to have a little segment Sarah gave him at 8 o'clock today. He's going to be here in 25 minutes. So kind, man. I'm so excited to find right, I get a segment on Breakfast with Champions, bro. I this is like a dream come true. You were in training, Glenn, for four years. That's what it was. Sarah wanted to make sure you were worthy and that you could handle the 30-minute segment. I think that's what it was. Yes, and it's like <laughs> a primetime slot man she's giving me an actual like before they had me on like you know 5 30 in the morning before anybody was awake and now now, now they got me like in a primetime slot man i'm stoked <laughs> you've been promoted glad lundy he'll be here at eight o'clock tamara's segment listen to her segment coming up at 8 30 i think i'm gonna be back on with her and we're gonna talk about a few things i believe that's how it's gonna go so that's one two it was amazing. One thing I saw at the Grow For God conference, and it's not too late to get your recordings at the Grow For God conference, was the aspect of Speak Up. Tamara's book is out. She's talked about abuse, sexual abuse, and it was amazing as I was hanging out with her for a bit at Grow For God conference, how other people were coming up to her and sharing their stories. I just wanted to encourage you all, when you go through things and you speak up, it's amazing how other you encourage other people to speak up. Number three, and this is not Ramon's top 10 yet, this is just a few things I'm starting with, but a few things. It was great to see Lolita and JoJo, Monica, TM, Triple J, Soul, Tracy, Mindy, Tim, Linnell, Tanji, who I saw from a distance, didn't realize that was her dancing on stage, and so many of you, Patricia and others. But one thing that stood out for me, Christina. Christina, I think Christina is a former veteran. I believe she is. But Christina, it was funny how towards the end of the conference on Sunday, she was rolling down the aisle with these big, big, big boxes, helping Jessica, Glenn Lenny's assistant. And I just wanted to shout her out. It's amazing how... We all can serve in different ways. And Christina, seeing you just pull that box down there and how we helped Jessica 
That was so cool. So thank you for that. And indeed, last night, Survive and Thrive Summit was amazing. Many of our, our hosts here joined. Glenn, Sarah, Brad, Brian Hess, Coach Isaac, Amelia Scott, Simons, and Nate, and others joined. And I'm so glad you did. And we had a little mastermind. You're like a preview of Champion Circle. And going back to Champion Circle, and then I'll start Ramon's top 10. Just wanted to share. I have paid for and joined Champion Circle. Now, I'm guessing I may be able to get in. Maybe not, but I'm just having some fun here. Hey, Glenn, can you just let me join one of the masterminds? I'm a host, brother, you know. Hey, Sarah, hook me up, hook me up. No, I paid. I paid, and why did I do that? If I can be around these amazing people, me and Kim had a, you know, some email exchanges. This girl is like ninja of marketing. Spizak, all these people, and I'm not going to mention names because I'll forget some. These are some ninjas. I'm like, if I'm going to invest $1,000 a month in anything, and I do invest in my business, not quite a bit as Scott Simon does, but I'm going to catch up with you, Scott. I invest quite a bit for a year in going to conferences, going to events. For me to invest $1,000 a month to up-level myself and hang out with people I know, like, and trust, it is a no-brainer. So I'm just shouting it out. Nobody asked me to do it. I don't have to do it, but I wanted to tell y'all I'm in with this, too, because one... I want to build up Breakfast of Champions, but more importantly, more importantly, I want to build up myself. So I encourage you, as, Tara, as Sarah has said uh, already 57 times, championscircle.live. Definitely check it out. And if it's for you to get bigger and even more access than you already have to Breakfast with Champions. With that, ding, 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 ding. You know what time it is. Ramon's top 10 on Breakfast with Champions. The title of this segment, How Will People Remember You When You Die? And I just thought of it just now because I saw the headline to the New York Times. F.W. de Klerk, who helped end apartheid as the last leader of South Africa's white minority government, has died at 85 years old, and I believe he was the one who freed, as it were, Nelson Mandela. When I saw that headline, I was thinking, how will people remember Ramon, Justin, Scott, Patricia, Kim, Glenn, Todd, Tamara, and all the others here on stage, Gene, and so many others? How will people remember you when you die? How will they? So when I saw that headline, I'm like, this guy could have went down in history as the guy who stopped, you know, or kept going apartheid or whatever, but he helped end it. So I just wanted to shout that out and call it out. How will people remember you when you die? Tip number two, and if you want these top tens, you can just DM me on Instagram. On Instagram, BWC, DM me on Instagram, and I will send you these tips. Ding, 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 ding. 15 types of videos that every business can use. Video is so important. This came from my friends at Wistia, amazing video company, and they talk about types of videos you can use. Product videos, explainer videos, onboarding videos, company culture videos, podcast videos. There's a number of ways that you can take and use video to grow your business. Because I'm telling you, video humanizes your brand and it's so important that you use it properly and of course social audio because we're doing that now ding, ding 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 the power of google the god small god of the internet my friends at 21 hats talked about this google is so powerful and so big and so important for good or for bad. And in fact, I think in some ways it's equally as powerful in some ways as Facebook, depending on what you're doing. So especially if you're a local business, if you're not getting down and dirty learning search 
AdWords, YouTube, Webmaster Tools, Google Analytics, Local Search, and the plethora and potpourri dish of things that Google has, you need to do it, or even better, hire somebody to help you do it. And I bet that some of the rock stars in the champion circle will be talking about some of those things over time. So my tip on that was get to know Google and know it pretty well, especially as it applies to your business. Ding, 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 ding. 2022 is coming up in a month and a few days. What are we going to do to end the year right and to start 2022 off on the right foot? Inc. Magazine had an interesting article that said three areas to focus on in early 2022. And it talked about your short-term limiting factor. Amelia talks about this all the time, the limiting beliefs we have. I struggle with this. If I say the wrong word, I'll start crying right now on the spot because I have my own limiting issues, my own self-doubts, and I have so many of them. Your medium to long-term limiting factor. Bill Hauser talks about this all the time as well. I love his segments. Your key strategic decisions. I talk about Jim Collins' book, Flywheel, so much as well. So as we look at 2022, and what's nice about the year, it's our human, and calendar time is just, you know, very subjective, but it's our way to put a stake in the ground and say, let's start fresh. Let's do new. It's a marker in the map of life, how to refocus for the new year. It's coming, and my question to you is, are you ready. So I would encourage you to think, how can you start the year off right? And it's hard to start the year off right if you're ending 2021 wrong. Ding, 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 ding. Five methods to prevent your emails from getting marked as spam. Email marketing is a powerful way to reach your business audience, but many times our emails are marked as spam. We've had some great content with how we can up-level and have better email marketing. Email marketing is important. We, texting is important. Direct messages is important. Social DMing is important. All kind of ways, but I'm telling you, email is important. Segmenting your list. Avoiding sounding like spam. Reminding, listen, remind readers of your relationship with them. That is one thing that's very important. Sometimes readers forget why they signed up. You're emailing them and you're like, what? Who's this? They're going to click unsubscribe. And and or to be marked as spam. So if you want to increase that rate, you definitely want to consider it. I'm going to do a small ding on this. Ding, 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 ding. Cheesecake Factory. Many of you may have cheesecake in your communities. Cheesecake Factory had a great little write-up in the Wall Street Journal about how they rebounded after COVID. And even though Cheesecake is this big, 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 big company, which may not be irrelevant to many of you, we can learn a lot from bigger companies. Why do you think I like Liza's segments and other segments that are here from bigger companies? I see Todd and Gene and others who have these big, massive companies here because we can learn from them. I don't want a billion dollar company. That's not what's for me at this time. I love building small companies that generate hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue. That's my sweet spot, no shame about it. And I'm highly profitable. And I can learn from companies like Cheesecake Factory what they're doing. Remember, if you want this top 10 list, just DM me the word BWC, just BWC on IG to get this top 10 list and you can follow along with me. Ding, 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 ding. 
Facebook portal go review the best and worst video chat box. You're looking for Christmas gifts, Kwanzaa gifts, Hanukkah gifts, all kind of gifts. Gifts that you're thinking, what kind of gift am I going to buy and send to Brad? What kind of gift am I going to buy and send to Linnell? What gift will I buy and send to Gene? Well, maybe you want to buy them a Facebook portal go review. Basically what this is is a video chat box. And you may say, Ramon, we have phones for that. Well, when your grandmama gets older, or your mama gets older like mine, maybe they want something with bigger buttons that's a unique individual item that can do video chat. So that was pretty cool to see that review of uh, Facebook's video chat box. Ding, 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 ding. Defining the eight stages of the sales process. When I think of sales, I definitely think of David Hill and, and his expertise of selling on the phone. And so many here do that well. Kim again comes to mind and many others who are in this expertise of selling. But Keep, small business marketing software company, uh, has some tips on that. And they talk about prospecting, connection, qualifying displaying value, tackling objections, closing the sale, onboarding, and follow-up. So as small businesses, sometimes we get really knee-deep into the tactical, let me just do a Facebook ad, but I encourage you to slow down and think about really, what is my sales process? The big billion-dollar companies do that, yes, but we smaller businesses need to focus on our sales process as well, because that's how you increase your profitability. That's how you increase your revenue. That's how you can live a better life and generate more wealth for yourself, for retirement, for your family, and to give to others. And those are the four things, by the way, I will say that I am focused on what drives me in building Smart Hustle, what drives me in being a part of the Breakfast with Champions community. As far as the money is concerned, I'll repeat that because that's what I wake up every day to think about. How can I make a bit more money for today? Bit more money I want. Two, definitely want to save for retirement. I started late. I didn't know anything about 401k, family, legacy, any of these things. I always say I couldn't even spell 401k. Didn't know any of these things until just recently. And a lot of that is hearing the geniuses on Breakfast with Champions, right? Real estate, hearing, I think it's Christine um, Kimberly or somebody can, I want to shout her up properly, Kristen, I forgot her name, but the real estate money lady and Brielle talking about NFTs and, and all these things. I had to DM Brielle and ask her, how do you spell NFT? Couldn't spell it even. I'm joking on that, but you get my point. So point is focus on how you want to grow in 2022 and as we close 2021. Ding, 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 ding. I've mentioned this before, I will mention it again. Is it time to raise your prices? Some of you are selling too low. I wanna help the world, I wanna save the whales, I wanna, who said it today? Braid hair and do kumbaya. Listen, I'm telling you, dear small business owners, the best way to save the world and serve others, you have premium prices to premium people who value your time. Then you generate revenue and income and wealth building as much as you can that God enables you to do. Then you have the wealth and money to save the world. And what's wealthy for you may not be wealthy for me. What's wealthy for Brad may not be for Lily. What's wealthy for Lily may not be for Kate. What's wealthy for Kate may not be for Triple J. We all may have different ways we're at. But what's the wealth for you? That's the way you can help the world. 
It's a blessing for me to be able to give a vehicle to somebody else, as I was able to do a few days ago. It's a blessing for me to be able to say, you know what? I got your rent for three months. Things like that. That's what I want to be able to do and have been able to do. But we can only do that if our prices are at the premium level, because we none of us should be, uh, to a degree, competing with Amazon or Walmart. We are too small to do that. So that was with Northwestern Kellogg. Uh, they had a good article about, is it time to raise your prices? I said it once, and I'll say it again, and I'll keep talking about pricing, pricing, pricing uh, in these segments. And again, just DM me, BWC on Instagram, and I'll send you this full list and links of resources where I'm getting this information from. Ding, 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 ding. How to get more out of Breakfast with Champions. And I say this now, haven't run this by Sarah, haven't run this by Glenn, this is just Ramon's two cents, my opinion, of how you can get more out of Breakfast with Champions. One, show up live. And if you're hearing the sound of my voice right now, in the moment, you're doing that. So thank you, show up live, raise your hand, engage. And please, please, listen, if you're on stage, can you be mindful to mute the darn mic? There is nothing better for you to raise your hand and say you want to be caught up on stage. And then, no, 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 I'm going shopping. I'm getting strawberries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And Scott Simons is trying to talk to you, to us all. And you talking about getting your hair done. That's busted. Please don't do that. Mute your mic if you are on stage. Hello. So show up and show up live, too. Share BWC with others. I kid you not. I tell everybody about BWC because it changed my life. It's upgraded my family. It's upgraded my business. It's even upgraded my health. I can't wait to tell Mark Jenkins. Mark, I know you're not here right now. I have one and a half abs. Ooh, baby. Yeah, Monica. You like that, right? <laughs> so share it with others. Three, get the podcast. Apple. Spotify. However, I have BWC on Spotify, and I'm notified every time there's an episode that drops, so I can see it and share it. Four, join Champion Circle. ChampionCircle.live. ChampionCircle.live. If you're hearing all these voices, all this information, join us on a regular basis for the masterminds, for the, um, the live events we're going to do, the online events, so many things that are doing. Join us. if it Because you're going to be investing in your business somewhere. So why invest in your business with some Tom, Dick, or Harry who you don't know, wondering if they're going to cheat you, wondering who they are, that you met at some busted event with some busted food and some busted carpet, when you can join us on Champion Circle with people you know, like, and trust. You're pouring your time here every day, and when you can, do it. Five, download Glenn's The Morning Five. What I downloaded it, bought the upgraded book, too. Download The Morning Five. Get the planner and other things they're doing. Eight minutes to go. Can't wait to have some people unmute in a minute and just share uh, what you've heard today, what you learned today, adding some value, and quick shares be great. Ding, 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 ding. How to take over the family business without alienating your parents. My son and my daughter have worked in Smart Hustle for some time over the years. I fired each of them about five times. It just didn't work out. So we'll see how that works. But Bloomberg had a nice little article, how to take over the family business without alienating your parents. We'll have about six minutes of shares before I close out this segment. Remember to DM me on Instagram, BWC, BWC. Time is so short. So I'd love somebody. Here's the key to unmiking. Remember, say your name. Don't say, hey, Ramon. Don't say, yo. Say your own name right now. 
and let's have some fun. Go! Unmike, say your name. Jojo Laricia. Jojo, the lady who sang in the hallway at Breakfast of Champions, Go For God. Go, Jojo. Mike's yours. Hey, Ramon. Ding, 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 ding. So happy I met you. Thank you for your book. You are amazing. What's the legacy that you're going to leave? Everyone's going to know you. When you get to the pearly gates, you're going to say, ding, 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 ding. And God's going to say, Ramon, I've been waiting for you. Come on in. You're going to change the world in heaven. I'm complete. Thank you. Jojo, I appreciate it. Before you go, Jojo, can you just tell us one line, what you do, Jojo, who you serve and how you serve others? Tell us that. I am the queen of video content creation. I am a servant leader. I love helping people. Life is good. And I also sing. So would you like to hear a song? Jojo, you know what? I would like to hear five seconds of a bar of a song just to respect the time. But I actually have a video, Jojo, of you singing in the hallway and you have a baller voice. But how can I not say yes to that gift? Go for it, Jojo. Like 10 seconds, real crisp and short. Sing right now. Let me introduce you, ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Jojo La Rica. Go for it. You are so beautiful to me. That's it. I'm done. Jojo, you are amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you for uplifting my day and being an amazing member of Breakfast with Champions. Unmike, say your name. Unmike, say your name. Unmike, say your name. Ramon, good morning. This is Tracy. Thank you. Tracy, the mic's yours. Go. Good morning. This is Tracy. Thank you, Ramon. It was a pleasure meeting you at Breakfast with Champions and I'm sorry, in Kentucky. And um, I also enjoyed your summit last night. I love what you said about how will people remember you when you die? That just really got me to thinking. I want people to remember me because I want to help 100,000 women to become financially literate. I want women to make sure that they have money to take care of themselves and their children. I want women to leave a legacy because the Bible says we're supposed to leave a legacy to our children's children. And I want to make sure that happens because so many women are depending on people to take care of them. And I want women to be able to take care of themselves. So this is Tracy. Back to you, Ramon. Tracy, thank you so much. May I please give you one tip, Tracy? Absolutely. It's $9 investment. The domain 100,000women.com is available. Buy that domain and build a freaking movement behind it. 100,000women.com. You should buy it now or I'm going to buy it and sell it to you for $1,000. All right. Unmike, say your name. Anybody wants to go next, we'll do one or two more shares. Don't forget, 100,000women.com. Tracy, buy that now. Unmike, say Thank your you. name. Who's next? Say your name. All right. And if no one, I will keep going on. All right. Here we go. I think I will then... <laughs> summarize this segment. Listen, this is Ramon Ray. I am so glad you all are here today. And if you're shy and you still have something to say, we got three minutes. Feel free to unmike, say your name clearly. I Todd don't like Skelton. Oh, Todd wow. Skelton. Todd. Good morning, Ramon. Hey, listen, really excited about this new, new this new movement and, and what's going on with Breakfast with Champions. Uh, proud of you guys. I think uh, you're bringing up these business leaders. It gives me chills when I hear these names that are going to come together. And I personally have benefited from at least 10 people personally have affected my life financially just on this app and the and the rock stars you mentioned several of them are in that group so hey congratulations to all you guys and remote great segment
So Lolita Walker. That's a great Lolita. Todd, so good to have you here. Thank you for all you pour into us and being a part of the BWC community. The amazing Lolita. You don't know my story. Come on now, Lolita. The mic is yours. <laughs> morning good morning good morning thank you so much todd i absolutely love to share ramon you are amazing and what i wanted to do was just highlight the fact that not only do you show up every day not only do you give us 10 tips weekly not only are you a mouthpiece that is beyond the mouthpiece and when i say that i mean that so respectfully is that you always edify and amplify every single person that is on the stage and for that i say thank you I know we're moving, 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 but I don't want to miss the opportunity. As TM said early this morning when he kicked off Breakfast with Champions, is that we want to make sure we say thank you to the people in the moment that are touching our lives so significant, so significantly. So thank you so much, Ramon. You are absolutely appreciated. This is Lolita with a T. Oh, Lolita, I receive it. Thank you so much. And back to you, my sister, indeed. We got two minutes left, and I just want to use Tan two minutes. Tangie Brewer. Hi, Tangie Brewer. Tangie will be the last one. The mic, of course, is yours, Tangie. Go. Hello, hello, Ramon. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I agree with Lolita. The vibration of your voice is felt long yeah. after we leave the room. So thank you so much. And I want to say that when I saw um, Glenn and his family on the stage and you see the generation of what is getting ready to be done and just to be amongst the movement, as Todd said, is just so fire and amazing. And so I am looking forward to what I can do to continue to see the launching of what is such a fabulous idea. Just to hear the heart of Glenn, I really felt that to raise up businesses that are going to be shot as arrows across this world to transform the world financially and um, just every just the vibration of us coming together is going to be like fertilizer for growth financially and for everyone's businesses so thank you Ramon I appreciate everything that you do Hey, Tangie, so glad you came on. I really appreciate it. Everybody, this is Ramon Ray. Again, DM me on IG, BWC. As we close this segment, I just want to say a few things. One, dedication is so, so important. And I will never forget Glenn Lundy doing four years, as it were, I think it's about four years, 1,000 episodes of Rise and Grind. That takes commitment, too. I've learned so much, and I'm just repeating things I've learned from him. It's not copying like plagiarism way, but it's about uplifting and, and modeling, right? Modeling, I think the word is. So we motivate, educate, and inspire. Point number three, to see his intentional, purposeful, and passion for this community. Number four things we talked about, what if Glenn didn't get up? And somebody's on mic, so you may want to meet your mic. What if Glenn didn't press on? What if Glenn said no at any one point of time? I wouldn't be here today as, as on this stage. I wouldn't have met with all these amazing people. What if he didn't have the vision for God first, God valued, family second, and then changing the lives of others? We wouldn't be here. And I say that because it's always important to always remember our history, our story. And in the context of here, the story, our history of Breakfast with Champions. Many new people right now could have just signed on. And yes, we're a community, but I will always pay homage and respect and go back. What's the story? 10 years from now, five years from now, 20 years from now, what's the story? And that's Glenn Lundy, who's the visionary and founder of Breakfast with Champions. Go back and hear his podcast. Go back and hear his episodes. Go back and see his excitement. I encourage you to do it. With that, I respectfully, with honor, with stage-stomping, raucous excitement, hand the mic over to my brother, Glenn Lundy. The mic is yours, my friend. 
Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Dude, today is a Thursday. That's right. Today is Thursday, November 11th, 2021. And what's crazy is today is the very first and the very last time it'll ever be Thursday, November 11th, 2021. So I want to make sure we make the absolute most. And I do mean the absolute most of this absolutely incredible, incredible day. Breakfast with Champions, I'm super excited to be here with you today for my first segment, my first primetime segment. It is an honor and a privilege to be able to share space and time with you. It would mean the world to me if you would take a second and go ahead and hit that plus sign on the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. Go ahead and invite your friends, your family members, people you like, people you don't like. Have them come join us here in the room. We are about to dive in to today's awesome, awesome session that starts with a quote. It's a quote that I read this morning as I woke up. Last night was interesting. I'm actually here in Virginia working with the Carter Myers Automotive Group. And so I was drained yesterday, like literally toast yesterday after training all day long and after this crazy, crazy weekend. And so I laid down in my bed at about 9 p.m. last night. I laid down in the bed and I uh, was waiting for my wife. She was going to give me a call so we could go over some things with the champions circle. And so I laid down and, and, and I woke up. Four hours and 20 minutes later, <laughs> I woke up and it was one o'clock in the morning. I had already slept for four hours and I was like, wow, I was fully like fully dressed, laying in the bed, lights on, just knocked out. Right. So I decided I'll go back to bed for one more sleep cycle, slept until there's my man, Brian Benstock popping in the room. If you guys could make sure he gets up here and whoever else needs to be a part. So I slept another uh, sleep cycle, got up at 3.30 this morning. And when I got up at 3.30, I did what I do every morning, which is I walk over and I grab my Rising Grind planner and I read, open it up to today. And there's a quote at the top of the planner. And the quote in the Rising Grind planners, which are now going to be called Morning 5 planners going into 2022. But in those planners at the top, there's a quote that's always submitted by an actual member, right? So there, it might be a Matthew McConaughey quote, but it's the person that that quote impacted. That's who we like to highlight, right? It might be a Brian Benstock quote, but it impacted Tiffany Johnson. And we like to say Tiffany Johnson's name because she's the one that submitted the quote, right? So in this particular case, I open it up and there's an amazing quote right there at the top. And the quote was submitted by a longtime Rising Grind member, a guy named Joe Lockard. And the quote that Joe submitted read this way. The most important decision we make is whether we believe we live in a friendly or a hostile universe. I'll say that one more time, just in case you missed it. The most important decision we make now that's, that's saying a lot, right? When you say the most important decision, 
That means it's more important than who you choose as your spouse. It's more important as what career you choose. It's more important uh, than than what financial investments you make. What this quote says is the most important decision we make is whether we believe in a friendly or hostile universe. Friendly or hostile. Victor or victim. Creator or consumer. Half full or half empty. What a beautiful thing, right? It's that balance, right? Because you got you got both there. You got both there. You got to be aware of that. You got to be 100% aware of that, Brian. Is it a friendly universe? Of course it is. But is there stuff going on in the universe that will crush you? The planet's crashing? The stars exploding? Absolutely. So you got to have, have, I mean, is nature beautiful and wonderful? Yeah. Uh, But but, but is the lion going to go kill an elk today? Absolutely. So you got to be able to appreciate one while keeping a healthy respect for the other. I agree 100%. And it's a beautiful thing, right? It's a beautiful thing. The yin and the yang that is life is tremendous. And also a beautiful thing is this thing called words, right? Words. The power that words carry to be able to determine any desired outcome. Words are by far the most powerful force in the universe. I have to gets changed to I get to. Did you do that this weekend, Brian, when you ran that marathon? Did you change I have to to I get to? Oh, man, I had to do it. No, I got to do it. Yes. I got to do it. I spent 22 weeks, and I was all messed up, and I said, you know, I repeated to my head, nobody cares. Just get doing it. (laughs) Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody Nobody wants to hear your sob story. Did you do it or did you not do it? That's right. So so that's the deal. And, uh, you know, Glenn, this stuff is all so important that you're talking about. We can glance over it. Uh, You know, we we get to live pretty amazing lives, uh, all of us. Uh, And the combination and learning and, and things that we get from each other are just incredible. If we just take the time to listen, to appreciate and apply the, the things that you're saying and, and, and you know, and I, my hope is that everybody is my hope is, but, 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 but the reality is, and hope won't get you. The reality is a lot of people say, yeah, 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 that's Glenn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. That's her. You know, and, and don't realize you can do all these things by yourself. We're human beings. And that's a being is an act as a verb. It's an action word. And so we got to take, we got to take some, be a little tougher today. Get up a little earlier That's today. Right. Take a step today. Reach That's a little right. higher today. Put the apple, pick up the apple instead of the candy bar today. You know, and it starts really with that. The small, silly stuff that people think don't matter, but over time makes all the difference. Hey, we got, we have, not, not, not to be negative Nelly, man. We got the, 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 the world yesterday caught up with what's actually happening. You know, we all know inflation is here. 
you know, and, and we know because every time we spend something, it's more expensive, right? And now all of a sudden the news comes out yesterday, the stock market takes a, uh, a poop. And so, so what are we doing a plan for that? What are we doing as a group, as the rise and grind breakfast with champions? What, what, there's a play there for us. There's a, a move when that happens that we can better prepare ourselves for. Not, not just to be victims, right, but to be victors, as you said, in, in this shift that's happening right in front of us. So, you know, I, I, anyhow, this is my sermon for my team in about 40 minutes uh, of how do we take advantage of these things that are happening. And uh, Gwen, I just, in listening to you, I saw you were on. I just wanted to hear your words because they encouraged me. I appreciate that, Brian. From victim to victor, from I can't to I can even those of faith, right? Even those of faith. Who's got that hot mic? Hit that hot mic. Even those of faith are considered saved when they simply speak the words that confess a belief in God. That's how powerful words can be, right? Words are by far the most powerful force in the universe. Words have helped build empires. Words have helped unite nations. Words have helped overcome injustices while igniting liberties. Words have transported messages around the world and through the generations they have created billions of books that have tickled the fancies of children worldwide whilst capturing the attention of the lovely widowed wife and the joyous decadent man. The doctor, the plumber, the YouTube creator, the dog walker, the bricklayer, the local news reporter, from Elon to Bill Gates to Charlie Chaplin and The Rock. They all read a book, a paper, a document that used words to inspire their life. Words, the most powerful force in the universe. And you see, with great power comes great responsibility. And on Friday, November 5th, 2021, I delivered my very last episode of Hashtag Rising Ground a show that I've been doing for four years at 5.30 a.m., the 1,000th episode of a show that completely changed my life. And it was amazing. We were live in this huge, decadent facility, 90,000 square feet. And there was an audience filled with 150 people that had gotten up at whatever time they had to get up in the morning to be present, to be alert, to be a part, to participate in the 1,000th and final episode of Hashtag Rise and Grind. It was a moment that I will cherish in my life forever. And it was followed by this incredible celebration. I still can't even believe it. This celebration where we had David Meltzer on the stage, Amelia Antonetti, Tore it up. We had Danelle Delgado in the building. Don't forget Shaka Dyson. Come on with it. Frank Lopes was our MC. It was incredible. Judge Graham 
was teaching us how to burn the ships, right? It was amazing. Heather Parody spoke and Lamont Campbell. My man Brian Benstock was in the building. Albert Couture. Don't forget Rory and Brian Hess and Anthony Hart and Alexander Gonzalez. Andrew Carter was there. Scott Simons was there. Stephen Kuhn was there. Eric Mitchell was there. Melanie Seal-Jones brought me to tears with her fight and her struggle and her absolute, absolute win. We witnessed a miracle as she poured into the audience. Darian Sanders, of course, moved us with his voice and Deepak and don't forget Tony with the keys. Of course, Tamara Andres and I got our opportunities. It was an experience unlike any other. My son sang a song. My daughter did a gymnastic dance. My older daughter, Savannah, she presented 20 verses of the Bible from memory. <laughs> and my family got to meet many of you and my team mixed with Tamara's team to pull off something truly spectacular. And the whole entire thing, the, the lights, the stage, the sounds, the experience, the magic, the energy, the facility, the decorations, all the way down to the ferns on the tables and the cookies that we ate. All of these things were written, crafted, choreographed, delivered, and created by words. Even the words that my that popped up on my phone at 6.34 a.m. Saturday. All the words said was, Tech Airport, 11 a.m., pick me up. And it was a text message from this guy named Grant Cardone, someone that I've looked up to and shared life with over the last 20 years. And when I read those words on my phone, everything ramped up. <laughs> the event flow ramped up. I'm in the back with Tamara going, where, 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 where? What are we going to do? What are we going to move? How do we make space for this human that is chosen to serve? We had to figure out the event flow and move things by the minutes. We had to figure out who was going to pick them up. How do we get them picked up? Who do I want to send? Do I want to pick them up myself? But I'm in the middle of an event. I've got all of these people. I've got this audience. It's supposed to be doing an inter interview, but I can't just send anybody to pick them up. What if I send somebody to pick them up and they say something stupid? <laughs> Everything shifted. The fact that he was coming changed everything. With just a few short words, Tack Airport, 11 o'clock, pick me up. Sunday morning, I used words to pray, to pray to the God that I believe in, the one that protects me, the one that 
connect is, is connected with me, the one that is in me, the one that loves me, the one that guides me. So I used words to pray and Sunday afternoon, we used words to heal. And then Sunday early evening, we used words to launch the next chapter of Breakfast with Champions. Words like ambassador and champion circle. Words that sparked action in some and confusion in others. Words that caused thousands of people to pause and ask themselves, what am I doing this for? What do I want out of this? How important is this to me? You see, I know that it sparked those questions in people because I asked myself those same questions. Glenn, what are you doing this for? Glenn, what do you, what do you want out of this? Glenn, how important is this to you? You see, the most important decision we make is whether we believe we live in a friendly or a hostile universe. Breakfast with Champions has chosen to go to war. To go to war for all of those who don't currently have a seat at the table. Breakfast with Champions is going to use the power of words as the most effective tool against the enemy. We will change hate into love. We will change don't know into do know. We will change impossible into possible. You see, we are on a mission to change the way people start their day. Because when they do, it makes a massive impact on this planet. Now, of course, we can do this through access, access to the tools and the strategies that you need, access to the people that can help elevate you and educate you, access to the, to the words that you might need to hear, to motivate, to educate, to inspire. You see, Breakfast with Champions is using the unlimited resource of words to change the world. We're so excited to offer opportunities for you to join us as we go to war. There are four words that help me navigate this thing called life. Those four words are rise, evolve, impact together. It is core values of why we make the decisions we make. I believe that if we can rise each day with intention and purpose, that we ultimately will evolve into the absolute best versions of ourselves that we can possibly be. And when you step into becoming the best version of you, you can make an impact on your friends, on your family members, on your coworkers, on everyone around you. But here's the thing, I'm not interested in going on this ride alone. There is strength in numbers. We get to do this together.
You see, I believe that everyone deserves a seat at the table. And Breakfast with Champions is going to make that happen. I hope you'll join us on this endeavor. I hope you'll join in different levels, in different capacities. I hope you'll bring your experience and expertise because we need an army to go out there and shift words like hate into words like love, to shift these words like I don't know into I do know, shift words like impossible into possible, and to ultimately create a world where with certainty, when that question or when that decision has to be made on whether we believe we live in a friendly or hostile universe, we wanna create a scenario where people can choose not the latter, but one where the universe is ultimately conspiring in their favor. We, Glenn, we got to shift the words to do this now. Do to trust this. Do now. this now. <laughs> and, 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 and because I, I, I think the storm clouds out there, brother. And, I, I, and, and the, words, the words start the process, the actions are what's necessary as well. And, you know, people have an option or an opportunity to opt in or opt out. But, you know, there is do this now, get up in the morning and you need to do this now. I don't want to. Do, I don't care if you want to do this now. Well, who are you to tell me I'm somebody who loves you and I want you to do this now? I don't get it. But you're going to get the benefit of it. And whatever this is, right, whatever this now is, whatever that plan is to step. And I, I think that's, you know, I, I think that's where Rise and Grind becomes uh, Breakfast with Champion becomes uh, transactional for people that they don't leave just inspired. They leave with a freaking notebook with a plan, their plan to live their best life and to take themselves and their family and everybody they can bring with them on the arc to go forward. You know, that's, that's anyhow my vision. And, and, and that's the direction I hope to be able to, to participate in as we move forward with breakfast with champions, not, not just to talk and, and, and to motivate people, but to really, to, to, to give them a good, Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, and get get everybody moving in a great direction, whatever that is for them. I agree 1,000%. The time to take action is now. This is the greatest opportunity we've ever had in the history of all time. As the world continues to shift and evolve around us, taking action now, doing the things now, right? Consistent disciplines compounded daily equals transformation. So we want you to join us. We want you to enroll in the champion circle. You can click that link at the top of the page. If you want to join us at that level, we have the training center that'll be launching here soon. We need prayer warriors right along the way. We're just calling everybody to arms. We're calling you to action, to take action today, to change the word transaction to action, right, Brian? Like take action now. So, folks, I appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with you today. I hope, I hope that you understand and take away the key to the whole segment. The Go words on. that we use, the words are what have the power. Go change on. the words, change your life. Yes. Hi, it's Maria. You said two words to me. On that Saturday morning, you changed, excuse me, my life. <laughs> Two words. I messaged you. My back was hurting. It's still hurting. 
I said, I can't, I can't run. I packed my running stuff. I wanted to come. Two words you wrote me. One is a one letter word. I understand. And almost immediately, some crazy conversation that probably lasted 12 milliseconds, but was really an entire story. You packed your bags to Greece. And for some reason that sticks with me. And here's the man who packed his bags to go to Greece to make sure that he does his rise and grind show in the morning so that others can be impacted. And I can't walk. I could walk. I can't run. Maybe I can run the whole way. But I, it, it was 12 milliseconds. It was so fast. And I messaged you back and I said, disregard, because my friend Tracy texted me because God wanted me there. Tracy, are you running? Are you going? And thank God for that text too. And I was like, yes, I'm going. So two words you gave me have impacted me since that morning because I've been going to training 5.30 a.m., meeting my trainer with modified exercises. And you changed every, because no matter what story I rationalize in my head to make me, make my excuse make sense, it's not good enough anyway, because I have to show up and I have to be present and I have to honor those two words you gave me that day. So you've changed my entire life. It was in a magical weekend, a magical weekend. But those two words ring in my ear 24 seven. So thank you and God bless you. And sorry to interrupt, but thank you. I had to tell you. You didn't interrupt at all. And thank you so much for sharing that. Hey, Glenn, yeah. you know, interesting. power of words, power Glenn, of words. Go ahead, Brian. But, but Glenn, you and I have like different approaches to this kid to get to the same place. Because I would, I would have told that young lady, you know, uh, your leg, her, her legs hurting her, and so I would have said, you know, the reality is nobody cares. Move forward, and and that and that, and that comes across as harsh. You know, I, I, my wife was talking to me about something that was bothering her, and I said, babe, you know, we we're driving by a building. I said that building's filled with people, and you know what? Nobody in that building cares. And you, you, got, you got to go forward. And it, it comes across as caustic uh, until you, you realize that it's, it's empowering. You know, you've got to do what you've got to do, regardless of the circumstances. And it's not that nobody cares, but everybody's got their own problems. So what, what the woman who was just talking did is your words encouraged her to just move forward. And that's, that's the, to me, it's the end result. You, know, you don't have to like what the doctor says. You got to listen to what the doctor says. And when the doctor tells you what you don't want to hear, get a different doctor, you know, because <laughs> you got you to gotta, you gotta move forward. So I, 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 I love what you do there, Glenn. And I love uh, the, the guidance that you give people. And I, I think it's really an important time. These are the best times in the history of the world. And there, there's, there's a, a bunch of people that just heard those words and said, no, it's not. There's a bunch of people that are saying, yes, it is. And whatever you believe, as Henry Ford said, you're right. I choose to believe that this is a great time. But it puts additional pressure on me and all of us because if it's such a great time, Ben Stock, why am I struggling? If it's such a great time, why is this happening? If it's such a great time, and, and you can get so hung up in those things you, that you're not paying attention to all the beauty uh, and gold that's out there, right? The stock market died yesterday. Unless you were buying Rivian stock, Rivian went overnight to a valuation that's higher than Ford Motor Company. And that CEO of that company, I remember him telling me seven years ago what he was going to do. 
and he's done it. He's done it. So there's, you know, there's, there's opportunities everywhere if you just take the time to recognize them and move in that direction. I agree 100%. And, you know, the power of the words and the way we deliver the words, right? If you notice, it was, I understand. It wasn't, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Yes, you're hurt. Yes, you're, you shouldn't run. It wasn't, I agree. It's, I understand. And I think people need to get a grasp of that, especially in the world right now that's being so divided because everyone is fighting for agreement. We don't have to agree. We can understand. When you understand someone, they feel seen, heard, and significant. You could ignite something in them. Glenn, you understand. So you understand. That's great to hear that you understand me. You don't agree, but you understand. That was so good. And that empathy, that empathy, that empathy. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not looking for people to agree with me. You know, it's not important, man. It, uh, they understand that I come from. I'm trying to come from, and we're all trying to come from a very good place uh, to to help people. And I think that's that's the reality. You know, that is really the reality for all of us. That is the reality. And another reality is it is 8:30. I hope you enjoyed the last 30 minutes with me. I'm gonna go do some training with Carter Myers Automotive Group. Excited to spend the day with them to help them elevate. I am excited for Monday. Monday, we'll be launching the first Zoom with the Champion Circle. Those that are participating in that, if you haven't registered yet, click the link at the top of the room. If you have the updated app, or if you do not have the updated app, you can go to champions, championscircle.live. That's championscircle.live and come join us that way. But super excited. Make today the best day. Be careful of the words that you speak and understand the power that they have. And with that, I pass the mic. Thanks, Glenn. Bringing down the house right before me. I see how it is. Thank you for your time. House at the event. <laughs> Poem, dude. I'm still like awestruck at mm. that. New so, Tamara, for those of you guys that were in real time put together highlighted every single speaker that had been on the stage including the one that spoke y'all is Glenn in the matrix or is it me no he's matrix. in the matrix okay matrix. hoping my wi-fi was good Glenn, thank you for the the generosity of compliment. I love you. And I, I did. That was the most amazing thing. Words matter to me so much. So it parallels to my heartbeat um, and the way that I serve. And so, yeah, I cannot wait. I have a special gift for everybody coming out. Hopefully it'll be ready tomorrow um, by my incredible designer, Morgan Hart, who is up here on stage. And you guys didn't get to see a lot other than when her angelic voice hit the stage with the worship team, the Session Collective, because she does all things production and creative. Um, and she's going to bring that to life in a really special way for you all. So be on the lookout for that. Um, interestingly, as they always connect, my share today is not about words, but about actions and the silent actions and silent moments that occur so often often in the behind the scenes that nobody takes note to, but I had a, a, the ability to bear witness to and be a blessed 
bust by all weekend um, by so many incredible humans. And so I didn't get to say thank you to a lot of you. Uh, Glenn mentioned all the ferns that were set on place at 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m. in the morning. There were people who were, uh, I know, picking up trash behind other people who never got a thank you. There was the kitchen staff who was absolutely insane, and they were changing out tablecloths even though we weren't supposed to. We didn't pay for them when something got spilled. And there were the people who were um, literally pulling boxes from upstairs and who immediately upon buying tickets reached out and said, however I can be of service, let me know. There was my husband who was walking my mom and I in the wee hours of the morning before first light. And instead of walking in front of us, he would walk behind us and he watches and directs and he guides from the back. And I think it's such a testimony to the type of leadership that I get to be within a home on consistently and the type of leadership that was talked about in the panel with all of the leaders who were up on stage talking about leading first from in front and then leading from behind. Pastor Anthony, who most of you guys are now following and I hope coming to his church virtually in whichever way or capacity, Hopefully, even you have an opportunity to uh, come visit us in Virginia Beach. There are churches in Chesapeake, and he would be honored to have and partake in our family experience. But he teaches me all the time when I am confronted with different situations about how to be that servant leader. He says, first, you share with them and you show them how to do it. Then you do it with them. And after you've done it with them, then you watch them do it. And this is the way and the blueprint in which we have the opportunity to live and serve and be along people. But what I want you all to take from this more so importantly is that even though your name might not have been on the stage, maybe it wasn't in spotlight, your name and your energy were felt. The things that went unnoticed, the uh, prayers that were sent, the lozenges that were ran up to me because I was losing my voice, the bag of homeopathic drugs brought by honor. Thank you, friends. That just uh, literally brought me peace and also serenity in my ability to continue to heal. The people who passed out forks unexpectedly a couple of minutes before when they were tapped to help me support the message. There were the people who gave hugs to crying strangers and the people who made mention of gifts and notes that they didn't have to give out, but they did so freely. The virtual tickets and the other tickets and the Brian Vinstocks who bought flights and the David Spizaks who bought hotels. You all are servant leaders and I'm honored to run with you. But there's someone specifically right now that I want to just amplify in utter gratitude he rolled out a red carpet for me all weekend. And if you were there in person, maybe even if you were virtual, there was probably spotlights of it as well. This was done without question. It was done without reason. It was done without a former, really, truly dedicated relationship. Our relationship has only been cultivated here on this app. And he he laid it all on the line because he's been... A keynote. He was a keynote days before he walked out to roll me the red carpet. He was there passing tea when I needed it. He was checking on my entire team without being asked. He was protecting the bathroom when my mom was giving me wardrobe change after wardrobe change. He was making sure Morgan was comfortable in the back and had a moment to take a break when she needed. He was asking Janice, who was sitting at registration and our table all day long. She barely stepped foot in the entire space to hear anyone speak because she was holding ground on the sidelines. 
this is the team that I get to run with. And this person that we are here all collectively to honor is Ramon Ray. Well, well, thank you for that, Tamara. I'm happy to join this segment too. Uh, thank you. I receive that, Tamara. I receive that. Thank you. And I'm excited to help people uh, learn lessons that we learn together, right? Of how everybody can, as you said, share uh, as the special word you said, I'll let you share that word, which I learned from you. I called it something else, but I've learned yes. a different word. So thank you, Tamara. You're so welcome, brother. And I want you to share your experience too. Thanks, um, thanks Glenn. I don't know if he knows he's un unmiked or unmuted. Okay. Um, is he, I saw him on Saturday night and it was after I had shared and he was, he was weeping and we had had so much laughter. You guys hear his energy on a consistent basis. He's just so vivacious and jovial all the time. And I saw him weeping in my heart, just like my heartbeat stopped because when you see people who are always smiling, always showcasing, always in the limelight, and you see them in the shadows crying, your heart breaks. And I went up to him and I was hugging him and he was just like saying a lot of words that I still to this day, I'm not really sure what, but I just hugged him. And we didn't have an opportunity to really have uh, unpack what that moment was until after when I was able to call him and just send gratitude his way. And he said that there was a moment realized when I was on stage and while there was a God message shared and he surely was prompted in his spirit by that um, and it met him, it was less about that and more about the moment. So Ramon, I want you to share that before I share the word that I brought to life for you, um, just kind of your backstory in, in the why. Why do you show up in that way and who have you researched to emulate? Absolutely. And I assume just to get more information, I'll share exactly what happened, why it led me to that moment from my angle. I'll take three minutes and do that. Is that cool? Please. Awesome. Yeah. So bottom line, I, I wanted to know how can I be a part of Breakfast with Champions and Grow for God Conference, not just being an attendee. And there's an important role, right, Timber, that three people are kind of needed at a big event. You have to have people who are speaking, you and Glenn leading it and the stage people, which was important. If you don't have people speaking from stage, Tamara, you don't have an event. That's important. Two, you got to have people in the audience. If you don't have people in the audience, you don't got nobody. But then you have to have an ops team, we'll call them, an ops team, whether it's the Morgan or Janice's people cleaning up trash, whatever it is, the AV guy and gal, Mike Runners, all these people. And I kind of like ops stuff. And so I knew Glenn had his team. He has a number of people on his team, and you do too. But, you know, I knew Glenn kind of, he has uh, Brandon and different Alex's. I think a few people named Alex on the team and others. And I said, well, maybe, maybe Tamara needs help. I don't know. And so I remember I touched base with Tamara. All I said, Tamara, as you may remember, can I just videotape you and just, hold, you know, walk around videotaping you? That's all I, and she's like, cool. Content. Yes. She said, sure. And it turned into this special role, Tamara, of just how can I fill in the holes? And I think that it's not about me per se. Thank you, Tamara, for uplifting me. But I think that we can all think, how can we do better, right, Tamara, in our churches, in our homes, as we're on the train, when we're in our communities, to uplift and serve others. And the last thing I'll say um, is that I think that leaders who are on and needing it, and leaders can be servants. Tamara is a servant in different ways too, but that day, those three days were her time and Glenn's time to not only shine, but to lead. They couldn't deal with picking up the trash. Not that they wouldn't do it, but I don't want Tamara picking up the trash then because then she'll forget to, you know, revise the agenda for Grant. I don't want Glenn, you know, worrying about is there enough Kleenex in the stage because then he's not going to be able to talk to whoever. So I think I'll pause there, Tamara, if that was helpful, but I think that's important. As Moses in the Bible, and that's the last thing I'll say, people were around him uplifting his arms. 
Not because they were less than him. No. And, and oh, and what I'll say is why I was crying, Tamara. This is what I'll say. I hadn't, Tamara and I have gotten to know each other as I got to know many of you on the app, The Voice Only. But Tamara, in the moment when I was hearing your story, I felt that I was serving a queen. That's why I was crying like crazy. Because t before that moment, Tamara, and again, we all are queens, so I know Tamara, it's not about Tamara per se, but it's important I say this. I was just serving a podcaster, like, okay, Tamara's a co-host of the event, whatever, okay, she does content, whatever, <laughs> how can I help, whatever, not in a bad way, but that was kind of what I was thinking. But as I spent more time with you, Tamara, I felt like, say you're playing chess with somebody, and when they walk away, you see in the bottom of their lapel, it says Kasparov, and you're like, no! That's what I felt, Tamara. I'm done. But that's exactly what I felt that it was. Anyhow, I think I said enough. That was it. I love it. I love it so much. Your analogies are always so spot on. And I honestly didn't know that I was going to need that support. I, I didn't know that there was an empty hole right there, right? We come prepared to the brim, like ready for anything that could potentially happen. And my team and I, we were like, all, all we knew was that we were going to show up with excellence, how the chips were going to fall, how the actual event was going to flow. While we did the planning, we knew that we wanted the Holy Spirit to be infused and we knew that we wanted God to take the reins, but it's hard. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of voices, there are a lot of things that are unknown and that spot that you literally stepped into, it was almost like you knew it was going to happen and you've been a part of events for so long, but I didn't know even the level of service that was going to be provided. My husband to the point was able to actually just be my husband and it was exactly what I needed uh, and in lieu of him running and getting the tease and doing all the things and, and holding the camera, right, which is usually the role that he'll play. So it was a, a beautiful shift and something that I will take note of and I will have at my side every single moment. Um, but the word that came to me for you, and it's truly how I felt, was armor bearer. And you guys might not know what this word meant. Uh, Ramon hadn't fully understood or unpacked it, but it is referenced in the Bible dozens of times. Uh, people like David, who became the armor bearer to Saul. Uh, there are others who, who literally it's standing at the side serving. And in 1 Samuel 14, 7, it says, And his armor bearers said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold. I am with you, heart and soul. And that specific verse is what I would blanket over the situation, the unfolding, the stewardship, the leadership, and the moment of Ramon serving in the way that he did. He basically said, do everything that you're called and gifted to do. I've got the rest. Meanwhile, my mom is giving me shoulder massages. Morgan is in the background saying, I've got it. Just tell me and I will do the rest. And Janice is supporting and loving on every single person that came to our table to feel and sense the family vibration that I love to carry everywhere that I go. I would love for my team to have the opportunity to just speak from maybe another angle that you were able to witness from Ramon in this moment. I'll go first, Tamara. So I'm Brenda, and most people know me as Mama B. I had the witness of uh, sharing the whole event with Ramon. I did not know Ramon before the event, only heard his magnificent voice through um, Clubhouse. But Ramon, I just want to let you know that your smile is your logo. Your personality is your business card. 
And how you leave others is your trademark. And I appreciate you. And you are amazing. What? Wow, Brenda. Oh, man. I'm going to go back and listen to the recording on that one. Brenda, love you, Mama Brenda. Thank you. That was amazing. Mic drop moment, Mama B. First time on. (laughs) Oh, man. Morgan, Janice, Anthony, do you guys want to share it all? Um, I'll go next. This is Janice. Um, I was the one telling you good morning as you came in. Um, The night of the concert, I was exhausted and I was just sitting in the back just watching and Ramon came up and said, do you need anything? And I felt seen and not that nobody else made me feel seen, but he knew at that moment that I'd needed that so Ramon I told you yesterday in an email that you are too much and you are but we love you greatly thank you Janice and I love you too and um and I definitely saw how you served and I, I'm on your team Janice you're my boss so thank you Janice holy moly like I don't even know how to go after that T <laughs> um I'm Morgan I am um I was behind the scenes most of the time and on on the stage worshiping with the session collective. Um, but Ramon, um, you were something that we needed, but we didn't know we needed it. And, um, I think I told you several times that your servant's heart, you're just wanting to help in every area. And what I loved about you is you don't even know us uh, very well at all. Um, but you, you knew when atmospheres were shifting, when things were turning, um, for the better, or if like something wasn't going the right way, like you were so in tune to that. And that is the Holy Spirit as well. And it's just, um, like I said, we didn't know we needed you and now we want you and need you. And, um, you are a part of team Tamara and I'm so thankful for, um, for you just stepping up and helping out in any way that you, um, saw that there was a need. So love you, brother. Thank you. Um, Morgan, I love you too. And I appreciate it. And I turned to Tamara or I turned to mom, I think. When you took the stage and sang, Morgan, I had one of those moments as well, because I'm like, you know, I say this in, a, in an honorable way, Morgan. I'm like, oh, she's she's just a producer. She's just an AV girl. Okay, you know, so what? You know, in a, in a good way. And then I heard you sing. I, I think it was Tamara or Mom. I went, oh. and I did like one of those fangirl waves. So thank you, Morgan. It was good chilling with you, Morgan. Thank you, Ramon. And Morgan is the talent who put together all of the videos that you saw that ran all weekend, whether it was the B one that was on when I shared, whether it was the intro trailers for people, she, she is a masterful creative. Um, and it comes through her voice and it comes through her brain. It comes through her heart and her speech and her language. So she is also my pastor. So I hear pastor Anthony chiming in. I love you guys so much. Ramon, I'm about to put something heavy on you. I've had plenty of times in my life where people have like spoke heavy words on me. And when you receive them, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't even get there. But bro, you were as close to Jesus as I've ever seen. Because the things you just said, the things that you did, like you just said, I I was on your team. I was, somebody said, I think um, Janice said, you did things that I didn't even know I needed. That sounds a lot like this Jewish carpenter that came to this earth to wreck what we thought man was supposed to be like really, truly came to lift people up and take them to places and give them things that they didn't deserve or thought that they deserved. spoke so much value into people. 
Every action you took for everybody at that event spoke value over them. It did not take anything away from anyone from the moment I met you. I never did clubhouse prior to this event. Maybe God was just preparing me so that I didn't know anything or anybody when I came in and just truly just got to be absorbed into it. From the moment I met you all weekend long, bro, you exhibited the scripture that says, come all ye who that are heavy burden and I will give you rest. You bring such a spirit of rest to the people around you. So God bless you, sir. Man, pastor, I just, I just say, God bless you. That's all I'll say. God bless you. I love you, man. So my charge to each and every one of you in the recognition of Raymond and the recognition of all of the people who were not noted or not thanked is to find the person that you can be an armor bearer for today. Maybe it's holding the door open. Maybe it's passing food to them that they are on the side of the street. Maybe it's saying hello and actually finding out the name of the person you pass at the front desk every single time. Understand that being an armor bearer is a role of authority. It's also a role of surrender. It's also a role within the Royal Army that is 1000% needed. And even though there are moments in your life where you're center stage, where you're the keynote, my version of Ramon was a keynote in that moment. And you too have that role every single day as an opportunity to serve somebody else, to be the leader, to lead from the back, to guide, to protect, to serve when they don't even know that they need you. Because what happens, just like Janice bared witness to in this moment, she didn't know that she needed someone in that moment, but the moment that she felt seen was the moment that she was able to release the fullness of who she's called to be because somebody bared witness to who she was in that moment. You guys, you could start off by saying, I'm going to take your photo through the weekend. Maybe you're a photographer in and of itself. But there's so much more to that role when you connect heart to heart, when you connect human to human, when you make eye contact. The amount of people that I was able to share experiences with who came and shared their testimonies for the very first time out loud. I was standing as your armor bearer in that moment. For you to be able to release and show and shine and let God literally provide freedom to you. Leadership looks like a lot of different things. And so I want you to know that no matter what your position is on the field or in the army or on the body, right? We know that the eyes are just as critical as the stomach, as it is the arm, as it is the feet that takes us there. We are a body of Christ called intentionally, designed intentionally, seen, known, and heard. And so I charge you to show up fully. I charge you to be all that you were created to be and recognize that it's a critical part to the process. We have a couple minutes and I would love for anyone to share. Maybe they saw someone else being a servant leader that I didn't mention. There was a plenty that I didn't mention, but I would hey, love for you to share. Yeah, Ramon. Hey, you know, can I make those points that I shared with you earlier? Can I share those seven points in about one second, two, Absolutely. Uh, one minute? Cool. Absolutely. Um, and thank you so much. And if it helps others, and thank you, Timber, for what you shared, becoming an armor bearer, a word I will treasure forever. But a few things I put together in the background that me and Tamara were talking about. One, an armor bearer, a bearer has to anticipate needs. It's your job to understand what somebody needs 
ahead of time. And Glenn's team did as well. Brandon, Glenn's photographer, he would be there to anticipate Glenn's needs. So my point being, anticipate the needs. That was my job to anticipate what made Tamara or mom or Janice or Morgan or the pastor need. Two, it's a hidden role. You may be actually in the limelight, but you have to learn to hide in the limelight because it's not your turn to be shine in that way at the time. Three, know when to speak up and when to shut up. And Tamara, as I tried to do as best I can, when Tamara's husband would come in and talk to her, hug her gently, I wasn't going to be there right in the middle of that. No, I stepped back five feet, six feet to give them that space. Four, keep things confidential. When you're in the place of confidence in the circle, you see and hear some, any, you can see and hear everything, right? Secret service with the president. They see and hear everything. So you got to keep your mouth shut. Two, it's not your selfie time. Grant Cardone, all these big stars in the back. I could have been the, oh, let me take my phone out. Can I get a selfie? Wasn't my job. My job to uplift Tamara. Be early. When Tamara or mom said, mom, we're going to be there at 7. I was there at 6.30. Go ahead of them and know what time it is. Know what time it is, the context, when to talk or not. So Tamara, I just wanted to share those few things that I kind of learned in, in, in serving with you and serving you and the team. Those few things that may help others be an armor bearer because it is a very sensitive, special, and privileged role. So thanks, Tamara. Everybody else, jump in. Go ahead, Tamara. T- Tamara, it's Dr. Suki. Hi, Dr. Suki, my sweet friend. I I can't tell you. I'm sitting here in tears because this is the first time, and you know, everybody knows now that I'm 74 years old. And if you saw me at the event, it was the best event of my entire life. I've been to a lot of these. Nothing was like this. And I really believe that... God was the anchor for everybody in that room. But most important, and I have to tell you that you were my armor bearer. I have been my whole life out of, I've been kept out of everything. I've never been included in anything, including the B'nai B'rith group that I tried to join when I was younger. And after my talk, after you, you, you came up to me, and you gave me a hug and you told me how much my speech meant to you that meant the world to me that I'm going to carry for the rest of my life I just can't explain that to you but you were my armor bearer for my entire life and I thank you so much and I want to tell you I want to tell everybody here, anybody that I met I love you dearly I baked cookies for Alexander because he needed it. I did things that I wanted to do even when I couldn't do them. But I promise that whatever I can do for the next one, I will do whatever I can do. Because I really believe that I've found my family. And I can't tell you how ex- I can't express it. I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a speaker. I, I'm an educator. And I have no words for how I felt every single day that I came there and I'm just so appreciative and and so I I, I don't know just just grateful for everybody I loved meeting Dara Marie I loved helping people that wanted the help that little bit that I could but I want to help bigger I've always wanted to do big things and I, I just want to be there for everybody and anybody. I loved the kids. I just love the kids. Uh, Willow just made sure that I was happy every time she saw me and she wanted to give me a hug. That That's Glenn's little girl, one of them. 
and I just felt so included, but it was so special when you took the extra time to come and tell me. It was really special, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. You're so welcome, friend. And Ramon captured it on video so beautifully. So you can, you'll have a debut on my Instagram reels here in the next couple of days. It was so precious. And and I do love you. Thank you so much for sharing. I am so excited to, um, I have so many secrets of excitement uh, that are happening in the back channels about what's to come for Grow for God. And there will be another one. We're so excited about it. And I'll be debuting that information next week. So please, please be sure to uh, mark your calendars for the same weekend next weekend, November 4th, 5th, and 6th of 2022. And uh, we've got some big things rolling out for you. Does anybody else want to share? I'd like to chime in if I could, Tamara. Yes, say your name. It's Tracy. Oh, hey, Tracy. Hey, hey, love. And then I think it was Marcus next. Mark. Hey, Tamara, really quickly, I just want to say that I see you as an amazing servant leader. And I just want to thank you for praying for me during the worship service. And your embrace was just so heartfelt. And I just, I just want to thank you for the words that you spoke over me during the worship service. It was so impactful. And God bless you. And I just thank you. Thank you for who you are. Back to you. Thank you, Tracy. That prayer meant a lot to me. That ordination service was amazing. And I love that Pastor Anthony felt to do that, felt called to do that, because there were so many pastors in the room, you included, Tracy. Thank you. Uh, good morning, everybody. Thanks, Tamara. Um, real quick, I just want to say Ramon Ray gives incredible hugs, and uh, I saw him working his tail off uh, during the event, so I, I want to commend Ramon on that. I was wondering how he got there, and I had no idea that he just decided to serve, so it was wonderful. Uh, but my key takeaway, my key moment of uh, the entire weekend um, was during when Morgan and Jonathan and the band were singing uh, in the Sunday church service, and we had been hanging out in the Andrews camp the night before, um, and while the band was playing, I noticed my wife, Laura, who I brought with me, uh, to, to the conference, not knowing how she'd receive it. You know, she's been seeing me go through this whole VWC thing this whole time and just watching me and supporting me, but not fully understanding it. I knew she would either walk away going, this is nuts or get it. And during the Sunday service, I saw her holding out her hands while, um, <clears throat> while the band was playing. And then all of a sudden I just saw her break down in tears and, and I, I felt like she was going to fall. So I pick her up, I hold her, I, I whisper in her ear, I'm so happy for you. And then I'm like, Oh no, I don't know what to do. So I run over and I get Anthony Hart and I was like, I need help. I need help. I need help. And Anthony came over and I have no idea what they said to each other. That's not my business. Uh, but it was just such a, a wonderful thing that now Laura and I are on board together we're walking hand in hand in, in the service of the Lord and it's all because of the Grow for God conference and the Tamara and Gary Andrus camp uh, which includes and it's not their camp but it with Anthony and Morgan and Jonathan Pettit and they're, they're our family now um, and it, it was just such an overwhelming emotional experience and I just want to thank you all for providing us the opportunity to come to be together to fellowship and the opportunity to have our hearts cracked wide open uh, so that we can receive and make an impact on this world through the word of God. And just thank you so much. I love you all. My name is Marcus Ellis with the microphone in his hand. I'm done speaking for now. Peace. Mm, brother, brother, brother. It was such a treasure to be with you guys all weekend. I'm so glad we got those extra moments of time, but it's truly the 
surrender piece that happened for so many that will be the blessing and the torch that I carry into the next conference, but more so importantly, into every moment of my life. It was, it was truly uh, miraculous. So thank you for sharing that. All right. It's eight o'clock on the hour. I hate for it to be over. There will be more, I promise, but I love you all so much. And again, if I did not get to look you in the eyes and embrace you with a hug and say, thank you for those, those silent moments of leadership, please know that you are seen and known and I appreciate you fully. And I can't wait to link arms with you into the next conference. Who is up? Tim Story. I see Tim Story on the stage. Tim Story. I should know better. Hey, brother. Uh, Tamara, you don't have to be finished. Let's talk just for a minute. It's, it's, isn't it a nice feeling like the afterglow? Like, because it's like the pre conference, then the conference, then the afterglow of hearing all these amazing stories and testimonies. How, how good does that feel? It's, uh, overflowingly amazing and also feel like how do I decompress from here I've struggled all week to like release it all and I just I haven't gotten to that point it just feels like again like I said like that torch it's a responsibility to continue yeah and I think that part of what happens is that uh, I think that a movement has has been created I, I see this just by even watching on social media of the number of people that, that came that that sacrificed to get there that had delays in their flights. I was watching people from the, from the airports with delays to try to get to your conference. So now, now it's, now it's a movement. So when you think about the possibility of it really being a movement, what goes through your mind and what goes through your spirit? Come one, come all. Honestly, I just feel like there's, it's not just my responsibility and the people who felt prompted in their spirit to be connected to the movement like Marcus and Laura and so many others. It's, it's all of our responsibilities. And so we all have to come together in that. And it's not a, it's not my show as James said. Right. And so it's not my show. It's, it's a God show and he showed off and I'm, I'm enamored. I like that. Okay. Uh, we appreciate you. You're coming on next. When, when, when you come on next, I am every morning 8 30 a.m central or central eastern and i am also going to be hosting a room about diversity and inclusion next week in regards to not only the conference but the family dynamic so i'm really excited i'll announce that um on social media on breakfast with champions thanks tim can i ask you a question tamra that if you could maybe help me please because i did hear another voice i don't know if that was glenn or someone else but I have a friend that I'm going to interview this morning named Edgar Papke. So P-A-P-K-E. Can somebody try to look for him and find him and pull him up? We will look and search now. Because he does not do Clubhouse very often if he's ever done it. But you guys will be glad if he does come on. Edgar Papke. So we are searching. Now, is there... he? Well, he can, can he flash his mic from the bottom if he's he under? He can't. He can't. And I'm looking. I don't see Edgar you, yet. You have five people searching. We will find him. Yes, keep talking to him. We, we will, will find him. All right. So keep looking for Edgar, P-A-P-K-E. He's an amazing psychologist, teaches on alignment. And um, I don't really think he's really familiar with this platform. So if you guys could help help me find him. Um, 
I, Tim, yeah. I did put the link to this room in your message back channel and Instagram, so maybe you can send in the direct link to the room because I don't think he's in the room. Okay, so when you guys, when one of you finds him, just, just, just tell me, okay? Yes. All right, so I was going to start the first 15 minutes before Edgar came on with something that I call blessings and challenges. So uh, since 1992, uh, I started these meetings that I would do in entertainment's, uh, entertainers' homes. And the first one started in the house of Diane Cannon, um, who is a great actress, and she was married to Cary Grant. If anybody remembers Cary Grant, flash your mics. <laughs> okay. All right, so Cary Grant was a great actor, very, very popular person. But I started this um, Hollywood Bible study in the house of Diane Cannon's house, and it was mind-boggling as a young guy who I got to start being around. So all of a sudden, I was around Charlton Heston, who played Moses. I was around Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon, uh, Tony Curtis. And um, just Elliot Gould went on and on and on. So from from this group, it went from like 13 of us, then to 70, then to hundreds. And now we have over 3,000 people that consider themselves part of the Hollywood Bible study where we reach out to entertainers. And in, in this group, uh, I would do this thing called Blessings and Challenges. And like, what are some challenges you're going through and what are some blessings? And I remember one of the entertainers spoke up in the smaller group and said one time, Tim, I like you when you do the blessings and challenges thing, because so many times we're in the middle of the fight and we're trying to get somewhere and we don't take time to talk about the blessings, the gratitude. And I think that all of us uh, have found that it's very important to have these times of talking about blessings or gratitude in your life. Uh, and I like this, I like the saying, looking at my notes, that we need to enjoy where we are on the way to where we're going. And there's there's many people that that say that statement. I heard it from Joyce Myers, but there's many people that say that statement. But enjoy where you where you are on the way to where you're going. So uh, as we're searching for Edgar, and if somebody finds him, tell me. Uh, I want to take a few minutes and if someone could help moderate and each person take maximum two minutes. Okay. Don't go longer than that. So we can really get this rolling. I want to hear about a blessing in somebody's life. We could talk about blessings even before Thanksgiving, a blessing or some form of a breakthrough that you've got in your life that's happened recently, a blessing or a breakthrough. And so I'll start. I think one of the blessings in my life is not about things that I'm accomplishing. It's about a mindset and a peace that I sense, P-E-A-C-E, a peace. And I was telling a friend of mine, I have more peace in my life than I've ever had in the history of my life. In the midst of my busyness, in the midst of beauty, in the midst of conflict, I have a supernatural peace and you cannot put a price on peace. So that is my blessing is the, the gift of peace. Okay. All right. So who can moderate and who wants to come up and talk about a blessing in their life?
Hey, Tim, sure we am here. Hey, one second. I'm sorry. Tim, can you hear me? This is Ramon Ray. How are you? I can hear you. I just wanted to say, I have Edgar on the phone right now. Would you like to just talk to him for two seconds um, to determine if you want to do it kind of old school this way, but he's just having some challenges with the app. So let me be quiet. He's on speakerphone. Well, well let me ask you a question. Can, when you say you have, get him on the phone, like, can he start talking right now? Can I interview him like this? I don't know. Yeah. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, can Edgar, me? I can hear you. Okay, good morning. How are okay. you? Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm doing sitting, great. I'm sitting so, with my laptop on my visual, and uh, so for some reason, there's uh, something that's not working. Okay, um, so Edgar, the only thing I'm going to tell you, because we're, we're friends, is just... If you could, if you can speak louder and and closer, just because you gotta, we have a big audience, and okay. just so they can hear you, okay, all right. How's that? Can you hear me better now? I can hear you better now. So and, and maybe even a little louder. So, um, Tim, this is Doctor Hawthorne. If you'd like me to help moderate, I'm happy to do so. Okay, thank you. That is Doctor Colleen Hawthorne, amazing psychiatrist and my friend. So, Dr. Hawthorne, before Edgar, before I interview Edgar, give me a blessing in your life that has happened recently or just something that you're excited about or a breakthrough in your life. Yes. Uh, excited about the fact that I had the opportunity to help my 90-plus-year-old mom. Uh, she's in New York. I don't live in New York. And so God allowed an opportunity where I'm still able to work uh, from wherever I need to for the moment. That has been a huge blessing. Her health has tremendously improved. And that's phenomenal, right? Uh, doctor, tell me about your new book. Um, what kind of feedback are you getting to this tremendous book and then how can we get it? Tim, as you know, uh, Vibrant Life Success is my new book, How Top Achievers Win Big in Work, Life, and Play. And the forward is written by this amazing gentleman, Pastor Tim Story. <laughs> Dr. Tim Story. Uh, I be, the, what I hear the most, people seem to really gravitate to the chapter on clearing life clutter, where I talk about clearing mind clutter, relationship clutter, heart clutter. And then, of course, what we think about most uh, when we hear that term, the clutter in our physical space, which in it in in turn affects all of the other areas, so uh, we we hear a lot about that, and so I'm speaking more on that and and doing some speaking in other places, particularly on that subject. I love that, and in my life coaching, uh, as I'm working with CEOs and athletes and entertainers, I have almost all my clients going through your book. And that is the main area that we work on is clearing life's clutter. Because I, I think you have to make room for big things in your life. Absolutely. Have to have room there. Where, where else will it go if you're just cleared with clutter that you're tripping over all the time, right? Okay. So, doctor, if you can, hold tight because you're going to love uh, Ed, Edgar Papke. Let me give him the proper um, introduction. Uh, Edgar Papke is a consultant, an author, a speaker. He is a coach. He is an expert in the field of alignment. And he helps organizations, teams, individuals. And uh, he has best-selling books. One is called True Alignment. That's one that I just finished. 
Another book, The Elephant in the Boardroom. He co-authored a book uh, that is about innovation by design. Innovation by Design co-authored that. Also writes for amazing uh, magazines like Fast Company. Uh, writes for Huffington Post. It's written for Fox News, Forbes, Success Magazine. And here's what, one thing I love about you, Edgar. People don't know this many that he can cook. And he also, also holds a degree at the Culinary Institute of America. And another thing that blew me away when we were talking one day, he is a songwriter and also a singer. Edgar Papke, all the way from Canada. How are you doing today? Good. I'm not in Canada. I'm in Colorado today. Good morning. Well, all the way from all the way from Colorado. You know, I I knew that you were somewhere with, with a C in it. Because <laughs> I was talking to my assistant, I thought he's coming from Canada. No, you're coming from Colorado today. Thank you. All right, so all the way from Colorado today, uh, Edgar, you know, I've been watching over the last month um, a lot of interviews uh, with you talking about this subject of alignment, okay? And one of the things that you say in some of these interviews is that when we learn to have proper alignment in our life, it gives us... Um, and the opportunity to have greater success and greater fulfillment. And who does not want greater success and greater fulfillment? So first of all, Edgar, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And secondly, what is this, what is this idea of alignment? Can you please explain that to us? Yeah, so first and foremost, so that, so that I'm aligned, I want to thank you for, uh, for letting me join you this morning. Appreciate it greatly. Um, and um, I'm grateful for that. Uh, the uh, the idea of alignment is as being the key to success and and uh, and fulfillment. Uh, it really spans uh, all parts of our lives. So alignment at an individual level, uh, personally, is my alignment to my values, my beliefs, um, the ideas of who I want to be and who I want to be, uh, both in the present and looking ahead to the future, alignment in relationships. Um, I like to say that uh, alignment is about understanding the expectations that we have one another and what we expect from one another in terms of love and attentiveness and uh, care, grace, um, how we help each other to succeed and, and, and find in life and, and attain what we want. And I often say that expectations that are unspoken become unmet. In most cases, they do. And so unspoken expectations are the slippery slope to resentment, anger, and distrust. When it comes to our friendships and our communities, our churches, our temples, and the communities that we're a part of, alignment is about finding common common purpose, a common way of being, of living with one another, and uh, and having a a set of uh, a set of ideals that we all live to and then in the organizational context it's alignment around mission and purpose and what we all want to achieve together and alignment to our customer experience and understanding our customer at a significant or deeper level so that we can provide our products and services in a way that align to the customer's expectations and their needs and their desires um, my belief is simply that every every misalignment becomes an opportunity. Misalignments show up as conflicts in our lives, whether they're 
external conflicts with others or internal within ourselves. Every time we have a misalignment, we feel that tension of conflict that we uh, that we um, that we experience, and out of that, we can discover where the misalignments are and uh, and create greater alignment. So that we okay, I I, I love I love that. So so Edgar, I'd like to get into something quickly that I think that everyone listening can benefit from is that when when I'm teaching um, to individuals, I talk about the promise of, you know, like their goals that they have, the promise, and then that they have to have the right principles to get to that promise. But there's always going to be problems. And then we got to, you know, stay on the path, which I find very few people do. So I think that a lot of people are great at starting and we have a hard time finishing things. So one reason that I really got into your alignment message is because a lot of people I life coach, I find that in the problem stage, they get into this confusion, the conflict, the messy, the madness, and they have a difficult time finding their way on the path. And if they get back on the path, Edgar, they're not powerfully on the path. They're just kind of like limping through. And the as I read your book on, on um, true alignment and then listened to quite a few interviews and also talks that you've given, um, I feel like you have some answers to that. So if I, if I threw this out, like okay, we have a promise of, 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 of things, we have the right, we, we need the right principles, we have the problems. How can alignment help us when we're going through a problem stage in our goals or in our company? It all begins with the conversation. Um, and so whether the conversation at the personal level is with ourselves, but rather if we have a, a framework to have a, a truly open and honest conversation, then what we can do is, is really come to the place of understanding what it is we're trying to achieve together and why. And then, of course, you know, how do we get there? I think a lot of times uh, we, we, we have a certain level of clarity, like you said, about what our purpose and what our intention is uh, in our lives and uh, with one another in our businesses and the context that we find ourselves in. I think typically what's, what, what we lack is the ability to have a conversation and a dialogue on how to get there, including you know, looking at ourselves and, and the, our self-talk and, and confronting those, those challenges. I think really at the end of the day, what keeps us from the alignment and how we can go in so many different directions and not really find our true path is is just simply fear. And uh, the fear of not living up to other people's expectations, the fear of um, not being able to have an open conversation with others about that and what that looks like, uh, the lack of a framework to have that conversation, let alone the skills to do it. Uh, and and to be able to have that kind of a, a healthy conversation that allows us to be able to understand what our fears and concerns and what takes us off the path, uh, whether it's uh, trying to accomplish too much, whether it's overcommitting to others in, in search of uh, acceptance or affection, uh, sometimes just not being able to speak truthfully uh, can get in the way and uh, doesn't allow us to be able to really stay on the path or be aligned in the way that we want. I, I love I love what you're saying there, because I think that many times, Edgar, that, um, you know, the voices that 
we are listening to or even the voices in our head uh, many times are not the proper voice. Like I, I life coach people that they're trying to live up to what their father said or what their mother said. And, and maybe it was not the, the right alignment for their path, or maybe they failed and they are constantly thinking about their failure and their shame and their guilt, and they're not aligning to the proper uh, voice that should be there. So number one, can you, can you break down the word alignment just a little more for those that will come on? Because what, what's gonna happen is through this hour, people will come on later and so I'm talking to Edgar Papke. He's a psychologist and a friend of mine, uh, written best-selling books, True Alignment, The Elephant in the Boardroom, and co-authored a book called Innovation by Design. Uh, so can you break down this idea of what alignment is? Yeah, I, I think a good way to, to, um, to describe it would actually be to share with you a little bit about how, how we use it. Um, a good way a good way to start is is with the question of who am i and what is my self-concept who do i really really want to be and and begin the path of alignment with that uh with that exploration in other words understanding who i want to be and what my desired legacy is you know we come into the world with nothing and we leave with nothing what's what's left is is the legacy of who we are and our relationship to others and how how they see us and how they trust in their relationship to us. So alignment has so much to do with trust and trust in myself and trust in my relationships in the world around me. So the basic principle of alignment uh, at a core value is who am I? Who do I want to be? What is my legacy? How do I find and, uh, and understand what my path to that, to that is? Because at the end of the day, when we look at ourselves in the mirror and our satisfaction to ourselves, really at the end of the day, it's just, am I really living up to who I want to be and what my self-concept is? And you brought in and you brought in a particularly powerful point, which is throughout our lives, we're constantly getting feedback. We, 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 uh, we speak certain fallacies. One is that the sun rises, it doesn't, the earth turns. Another one is the fallacy of don't take this personal. And when in fact everything is personal because we absorb all the feedback and all of our experience of life become a part of who we are. And that of course can really be at times very misleading, the feedback that we get from the world around us, uh, both inaccurate as well as sometimes very painful in terms of how we receive those messages from our parents or how it is that we may be uh, disheartened or, or ashamed at points in our lives. And so, we begin with this exploration of what is my self-concept and who really am I and who do I want to be and how do I bring that to life and how I, do I align to that? How do I align to my, my, my principles, my values that I want to, to live with and, and through? And yeah, so, so Edgar, I, I love this. And if I could throw this, this idea in, when, I, when I'm dialoguing with people, it could be someone on an airplane, um, it could be someone that comes up to me in a shopping center. A lot of times they want to talk to me about their childhood dreams. Like, Tim, this, this was my childhood dream, to be a singer or to be an actor or to be a scientist. And it, I find that a lot of people are trying to align themselves with a childhood dream. And, and maybe, Edgar, 
It was just a childhood dream that was never supposed to happen in the way they saw it. So not every little kid is boy is supposed to be an astronaut or a cowboy or every little girl is supposed to be a, a singer, et cetera. So can you help, help me out with that on how many times we start as children with, with these dreams and then it almost seems like we're, we're, we're chasing down this dream and we're trying to get our lives to be in alignment of that dream and for that dream in our teens and our 20s and our 30s. And I see people even in their 70s, 80s, trying to align themselves with something that they felt when they were five, six, or seven. Tim, I can speak to that. This is Dr. Connor. Because when I was very young, I was very athletic and very sporting. And I played, obviously, a lot of sports. And I can actually remember, it's funny, when you just said that, that quite recently, uh, during probably the everlasting lockdowns, I stumbled across one of my old copybooks when I was in school when I was about seven or eight years of age. And there was a question written by the teacher. And it was like, what do you want to be when you grow up kind of thing? And I put down a profession, a professional sports person, but professional was spent, spelled incorrectly. And I, I do remember like the sports I played at the time and even growing up, they were amateur sports, but they were elite sports in my country. And so like, because my country is so small, not like the US with this, you know, hundreds of millions, there's only like five million in my country. There wasn't really the um, frameworks there to pay for players, but they were playing, and it has been proven since, at an elite level, because a lot of them have played with professional sports and gone and done trials and that. So the thing is, like when you're that age and when you're growing up, for me, I just wanted to play at the top, at the peak of my sports. It was as simple as that. And I never looked at money. I never looked at anything like that. But for me, I hit injuries and I like, even though I couldn't even spell the word professional at the time, I just heard it, you know, I just thought it was like, you know, the best of the best kind of thing. I didn't realize there was money involved or anything like that. But after that, when I hit injuries, it was like, well, what do I do now? You know, and essentially I was kind of thinking, well, I need to kind of focus my career towards what I know, what I love. And I know it's going to take time, but here I am right now. And I mean, I've worked with professional athletes. It's phenomenal. Really. It's a joy. And I mean, like anything, it takes time to start. But once you get into it, it's it's beautiful because you're aligning with something of your purpose. And like you say, just there later on, what you said there, like it might necessarily be specifically or exactly with what you kind of hoped or dreamed to have. But the thing is, when you spend more time with things that you love, you begin to see the industry, you begin to see the the you know the business of it, and you'll always find a niche within the niche as such. And I think that, you know, once you do that, you'll always kind of, you'll always make money. You'll always be able to kind of uh, grow as well and develop. So great listening. Thank you. We're going to Dr. Connor. No, thank you, doctor. And that's a, that's a good share. So yeah, Edgar- I, I love Dr. Con- uh, Connor's share. And just as we're looking at, you know, Dr. Uh, Pachi is defining kind of alignment and giving us that first thing we want to look at, you know, he's, the alignment, what, what allows us to be balanced, centered, you know, the foundation that helps us to properly maintain our center. So I'd love that as we're looking at what does alignment mean, that um, Doc is saying the first thing is understanding your self-concept and who am I? If you don't know that first, it's hard then to maintain the proper balance that you need, that centering yes. to move forward. Yes, and fantastic. So, so Edgar, because you, 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 you Edgar, you... 
if I could say this, uh, let me go to Edgar Papke next, if I could, just for a minute. But Edgar, if you don't know the format of, of uh, Clubhouse, I brought a few other people up that are doctors, et cetera, that at times will chime in. So, so Edgar, back to this idea of the childhood dream. And sometimes, right. somehow I see people trying to chase something that may be not even reality. Could you add anything to that? Yeah, there's two thoughts that come to mind as I, as I listen to the dialogue. Um, and thank you. Yeah, I, I think we, the first one is, is how it is that we look at ourselves and we look at life and we look at our relationships is that we're always building. We use this term a lot, you know, I'm building a relationship, I'm building something. Um, I'm building my life, I'm building my career. Uh, and I think it's important if we're if we are aligned to our passion and and our and our truth about who we are and who we want to be, I would suggest to you that life unfolds and it does. Uh, we don't have uh, obviously we don't have the kind of control we want. I can want to be a professional athlete, yet circumstances or injuries can get in the way. And so, if we're clear on our passion and we have a sense of alignment, then we can be much more observant about how life unfolds for us. It's much like a relationship. If we build a relationship at some point, I find that fear comes into play because we're afraid of, of, of breaking it or somehow knocking it over. It's kind of like playing with Jenga blocks, you know, the game where you poke at the different blocks and, and you hope that the tower doesn't fall over. And much like relationships, we, we have the tendency to focus on building as opposed to seeing how things unfold. And if we have a clarity and, and alignment to our passion, and alignment uh, to our, who we want to be, then what we can do is allow that to occur, that we're open and receptive to the different opportunities that show up that allow us to, in a way, blossom and unfold. It's like you think of the metaphor of a flower opening up. Uh, that's, to me, what life is so much about, is this ability to allow it to unfold in front of you and to see what those opportunities are. While, and to make the choices then, of what is an alignment and what is it? Do I just face uh, an opportunity because of the financial uh, gain, or am I am I really allowing it to come come to bear because of something that's meaningful to me? And I think the other piece of this is how we integrate different parts of our lives. But we're constantly. Um, I, I find it very often the idea of balance. It, it, we, the way we use it, I think, in a healthy way, is more about being centered, more about finding the core, and aligning what we do in life to that core. So we integrate different pieces. What we hold, I think, in a way, very um, very sacred to who we are in our heart and souls is paramount to how it is that we integrate the different pieces of our lives, our relationships, our opportunities, so that we're always thinking through this lens of what's really at the core. How do I allow how do I allow my life to unfold, my relationship to unfold? And that requires intimacy that with ourselves and others. That requires vulnerability at, uh, at, at significant levels. Um, yeah, if, if we're building and we get fraught with fear, that's different than finding um, comfort and faith and being truthful and, and really being honest and, and not being afraid to have the difficult conversations with others or ourselves. Very good. You know what I find with uh, people that are living um, fulfilled lives, I think that, you know, you don't have to have it all together to be fulfilled and, and to be satisfied. You could be undone. 
you could be going through recovery and discovery at the same time. And Edgar, because we we work on projects together, Edgar and I work with a, a leading AI company together and we work on projects together that I, I like the fact that you, you like cooking, you are a trained uh, chef, you like songwriting, um, you like singing, you, you're really into your relationship with your wife and your family. And I think many times when people think of alignment to their goal, it's that idea of I just wake up and that's all I think about. Um, why is it possible to, to really live your life and not just go through life, even though you're aligned with your goal? I think your point of uh, what caught me in what you just shared was the idea that even when things become unraveled, you can you can find alignment. As a matter of fact, I think that alignment to our beliefs, our faith, our you know, our sense of spirituality and who we are becomes such a key ingredient. As things unravel, I think the uh, I think the core of our ability to move through it, move through it with grace and with uh, understanding to ourselves and others, is uh, by by coming back to and exploring uh, how I can be. And, and still maintain my alignment and work towards that. Um, just in, in short, my, uh, you mentioned my, my family and my wife, and when things become unraveled, about seven years ago, my wife was diagnosed with an untreatable uh, brain disease, which put it right at the forefront, which you begin to question and begin to explore what does life look like going forward and in the limited time that we have. So right now, as a matter of fact, I'm writing about that. It's called The Third Element is the working title of the book. And it, it, it explores the relationship between what I believe are the two most precious things in life, which are love and time. And I believe through the history of humankind that that's the greatest tension that all of us share and live with, and which poses the question, how do I love as much as I can in the time that I have? How can I live love to the fullest? And what does that look like? And so be able to have those explorations, those conversations, I think are integral uh, to our own sense of self-satisfaction, uh, how we find our path to success, and by whatever definition success. Uh, I, I, I love what you're saying. And I saw an interview that you did on the third element about time, love, and alignment, and um, with you know who we are, and what we want in our lives. And I'm, I'm excited about this new work that you're doing. And going back to this idea again of, you know, chasing the dream and, and, and thinking that we're going to get to like a place or a spot. And then we're going to get like this, this feeling, this, this feeling of fulfillment. I, I think that we're, we're, we're missing it with this, with how beautiful things are, even in the midst of the journey. I got a text this morning uh, from my friend from the Pointer Sisters. The Pointer Sisters. I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, but I just can't help it. <laughs> so Ruth Pointer sent me a text and she says, hey, I'm in the airport and I'm watching you because I'm in 90 airports around the world doing motivational talking. And Ruth and I have the greatest talks about how when the Pointer Sisters had had hit after hit after hit after hit after hit, she says, Tim, 
it's not like I was like fulfilled or living in the state of euphoria, euphoria. I was, I was still a person that was struggling and trying to, to, to make my way. And so to you, Edgar, um, can we have that sense of fulfillment even today on, on, on the way to where we're headed? Can we be aligned even today on the way to where we are headed? Yes, um, I think I think you just pointed to something that is is vital to that, which is the understanding is of, of what we do have that that's in alignment and our sense of ourselves and how we relate to them. So I think that is part of it is to be able to see and and I, if you wanted to go through the very logical exercise, you could just simply you know make a list of things that are in alignment in your life and. Uh, and look at those and, and look at those through the lens of what's most important to me. And then look at, look at your misalignments. Where are the conflicts in your life? The misalignments aren't difficult to find because all we have to do is look at where the tensions are, the conflict. And, and my definition of conflict is very simply the tension that exists between our current state and a desired state. So anytime that we have that kind of misalignment, I, I use the same definition uh, when I work with teams and groups and organizations is where, where are the tensions, the misalignments are showing up in conf, as conflicts in our system, in our relationships. And so that allows us to see that. And which of those misalignments are the ones that have the greatest gravity, the greatest weight attached to them, the greatest fear attached to them? Wow, current state and desired state. Okay, so uh, Dr. Hawthorne, I'm, I'm gonna see if you help me, because I wanna, I wanna see if some people would like to ask uh, uh, Edgar Papke, uh, some questions. Again, I'm talking to Edgar Papke, consultant, author, speaker, coach, so many other things. And uh, Edgar, I believe your website is edgarpapke.com. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I, I suggest to you that you get the his book, True Alignment, first, and then and then go from there but I suggest that all of you get that book. It is so good. It's helping me in the alignment of my own personal life and uh, even with my family and just a fantastic book. So my name is Tim Story, if you guys are coming on late. So uh, Dr. Hawthorne, before we start bringing on some people that have questions and tell them to flash their mics or however you guys do it. But Dr. Hawthorne, what do you think about this conversation so far? Tim, this is an amazing conversation. As we're seeing, alignment is everything, right? And if there are areas of misalignment in our lives, the importance of getting that uh, addressed and handled because it affects everything when we're misaligned, you know, from our sleep to our mood to our relationships. So this is powerful. I know we have a lot of questions that people have. If you don't mind, let's let's go to my, my good friend, David Spisek, first, because David and I, we have conversations about alignment, and I, I would like to, to, to see what David has to say or a question that he has. Mr. Spizak, the mic is yours. Hi, Mr. Spizak. Good to see Thank you Thank you, doctor. Thank you so much, Dr. Colleen. And Tim, my dear friend, how are you? I'm doing, I'm doing great. And I, I was telling the people earlier, David, I just have so much peace in my life. You know, it's not, it's not about all these projects and excitement 
isn't it a beautiful thing just like walk in a park and listen to birds and actually enjoy it? <laughs> it, 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 it is. And I, I think the last time you and I connected on Clubhouse, not too long ago, a week or two ago, I mentioned to you that I've never lost. And one of my favorite things is there's two things from my childhood that I've never lost. I pray that I never will. One is a really uh, insane, deep curiosity, uh, genuine curiosity for all things in life. And the second thing is a childlike sense of wonder. And you just described that, you know, walking in a park and really taking the time to notice the sounds and the sights and the smells. And the reason why I wanted to ask a question of Edgar, and, and thank you for the opportunity, is you brought up something with Ruth Pointer. That, that she said that I that I think is important to, to dwell on for a minute. And here's somebody uh, who achieved the absolute pinnacle of success. I mean, when they were putting out that string of hits, as you remember, Tim, I mean, they were it. They were the it group. They really were. They, they, they were like the Supremes uh, part two. Yes, they were really remarkable. They could do no wrong. And in the midst of that, how interesting that Ruth Pointer said, I'm still trying to figure things out. I'm still struggling with some things. And so I can't help but but want to ask uh, Edgar, it's so interesting to me that people oftentimes, and I love what you're saying about uh, time and love, because I think that's everything. Um, and I think it's interesting how oftentimes that, that people pursue something that they believe will be the pinnacle of their life. They believe will be the defining moment. They believe will bring them everything that they could have ever dreamt of. And yet they get to that point, Edgar, and they find themselves disappointed uh, it turns out to be a shallow victory or a hollow victory, and it does not quite bring the fulfillment part that they were hoping for, that they imagined would be there. And I believe that with social media, with the advent of social media, this has probably been uh, um, elevated uh, significantly because we're people on social media so oftentimes are looking at these highlight reels and going, oh man, if I could just have this, if I could just have this, if I could just do this. So I would love to hear your take on that because it seems like the things that you're talking about in my mind are the critical things that we anybody should be focusing on. It's almost the prelude or the foundation that any success, anything they pursue must be built on if if what they hope to achieve in terms of ultimately was ha which is happiness and fulfillment is is really going to be within their reach can you comment on that please that's um there's a lot of depth and broadness uh to to this part of the conversation of as we pursue our goals do we ultimately find the fulfillment that we're seeking and so uh, a couple of thoughts come to mind as I'm listening to you. The first one is this idea of happiness and what truly is happiness, um, which is, I think, one of the um, aspects of human nature that we're constantly looking at and, and discovering that it's quite a mystery at the end of the day. 
I, I think that to, in order to have happiness, much like having a sense of freedom or peace, is to have an absence of fear. And so much of what drives um, our, our beliefs about what success is may not be connected to love. It may not be connected to how we how we um, how we build relationships or see and have self-love in a way to ourselves. And so to discover and understand that so much of what in today's world is occurring to us is is more fear driven than of course it is fulfillment driven driven and, and there's a confusion between those two that can occur. So I think one of the keys here and when we think about alignment is to be able to have a framework through which to look at it. Uh, the reason I call it the third element is that we have those two most precious things in life, love and time. Alignment is the third element. And having a framework to look at our lives through this lens of love and time helps to inform us and, and helps us to better understand what we're pursuing and why. I think one of the key elements, and as uh, anyone here that's um, part of this conversation, uh, doctors, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, I, I think it's so, um, I, I think we kind of all come at it from the same lens of saying that having frameworks and ways to understand ourselves becomes key. I think that's often in our profession what we provide as life coaches as well. We provide frameworks for people to better understand themselves and better understand the choices that they have. After all, our ability to choose is the most powerful thing in our lives. No one can really take the power of choice away from us. And I think alignment is about making the choices. And if we're not informed, if we don't have clarity, then that becomes problematic, as you pointed out. And so what are those tensions? What are those fears? Uh, the fears of not being good enough, of not having enough, of chasing success that winds up not fulfilling enough. I think that those are all those are all aspects of our unfolding, our, our becoming. And if we have frameworks to be able to understand those tensions, those fears, those conflicts, then that allows us to to discover and and to keep moving forward. I, I think the I think one of the most disheartening things that we experience as human beings is the one that you just pointed out, which is I can I can get success by some definition. And that I, I I believe that, and this is why I say success and fulfillment through alignment. Because I think we have to find how those two align. What is truly emotional fulfillment? What does life fulfillment look like? And how do I align that to my definitions of success? And helping people do that, uh, I think, is is a gift. Um, I think we're probably all of us here in, in this in this dialogue are grateful for that gift that we're beautiful, able to beautiful. do that kind of work. Uh, Edgar, I, I I'm I'm loving what you're what you're saying for, for those that are coming on late and talking to Edgar Papke, uh, you can find him, um, on edgarpapke.com. He's a, a writer consultant. We're working together on different projects. He's a, he's a healer in my opinion. I mean, Edgar, you're helping so many CEOs really find direction. Uh, but David, uh, someday me you and Edgar need to have one of our lunches because, oh my God. You know gosh. what I think, Tim? I, I'm wow. sitting here thinking, I'm sitting here thinking that we need to formalize 
our lunch almost like a, a little, uh, in well, I should say informal uh, sit down, but that like once a month we we get there, we sit down and each time we have a couple people, brilliant, amazing human beings like Dr. Colleen or, or Edgar or others, because it changes the dynamic. And it, it, I was just going to say two other things really quickly. The vision I have of you walking in the park is precisely what Edgar just spoke of. It's it's Tim's story. Everybody, you can imagine Tim's story walking through a park at complete peace, meaning he has not a fear in the world, not a care in the world. Second thing is Tim's story, one of the things you do best, and then you share it out to the world, and Edgar, you're doing the same, is teaching us that at the end of the day, where any human gets in trouble is when we let something external define us or we put our faith in something external, a car, a house, a vacation, a new position, uh, some dream that we have that somehow the happiness is like a toy in the center of it rather than finding it inside of ourselves. And the third thing I'll say uh, within the 60 seconds is I share this with people a lot. When somebody goes to Home Depot to buy a drill, it's not the drill they want. It's a hole. And it's not really a hole in the wall that they want. It's something to stick in that hole, like a fixture. And it's not actually the fixture they want. It's the light that will come from the fixture. So, so many people, I think, focus on the drill and not on the light. And the light comes from inside. The drill is something you buy. And it's, and it's empty and it's temporary. Beautiful. I'll leave it there. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So, Edgar, uh, David Spisak and I are, are great friends. And um, I would like to introduce you to him someday. And we have these uh, amazing uh, lunches that could almost be uh, turned into like a, uh, a PBS special. Um, Dr. Hawthorne, help me. We have time for about two more questions. I always end on time. We have 10 minutes left, but if each person can just take two minutes, that'd be great. Uh, Dr. Hawthorne, who would awesome. be up next? Yes, Tim, you always end on time. I know that over the years. Anyone who wants to ask a question, and please just be concise so we can get as many people. Flash your mic. I see Lolita flashing All her right. mic. All right. Lolita, the mic is yours, my sister. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for this amazing interview, Tim and Edgar. Happy birthday, David. Thank you so much, Ramon, for helping us to hear Edward. This um, is so good. Yes, that, that was nice of Ramon. Ramon, thanks for that. Otherwise, I would not have known what to do. And Lolita, can I tell you this? Edgar, it's in the, I it's in, Edward. Yes, it's, it's, in, it's in the works already of your beautiful, beautiful spoken word that you've done. I was just in a studio um, doing... Um, a new project using your spoken word uh, that when I speak, uh, people will hear your spoken word before I speak. So uh, I'll tell you more about that later, but I love you. Oh, I love you too. That brings music to my ears because you know, Tim, I was definitely going for a reminder and an ask at the end of my two minutes. So thank you so much for already putting that in the atmosphere. I love it. 
Hey, here's my question. Oh, I love this topic of alignment. And I really love that everyone is talking about alignment, starting with us, starting with ourselves. And Tim, one of the things that you mentioned was that it's a work in progress. Like it's never really done. Here is my question. What would you say or what input would you give to someone who feels aligned? Absolutely. But then has people that are on their train and sometimes the alignment is starting to get misaligned as they continue to grow. What I'm looking for you to do for our audience is tell us one thing you would offer that person for consideration when they are becoming misaligned as they continue to grow. But somebody on their train is now misaligned. Thanks so much. This is Lolita with the T. Okay, Lolita is so talented, Edgar. She, she is uh, just a great writer, poet, spokesperson, and just a beautiful individual. Edgar, what would you say on on, you know, in the in the in the inner city where I'm from, <laughs> they would say somebody's messing with my alignment. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what would you say, Edgar? <laughs> I I my. My approach to this would be to suggest um, having intent is bringing intention into the conversations. Um, if someone in your life is uh, is being, or if they're bringing something that's out of alignment, I think having a conversation with them uh, with intention. And what I mean by that is, what is the intention that I want for the relationship, and what do I need and want the relationship to look like, and bring that and begin begin a conversation with that i i think and and this is in uh, in in my book the elephant in the boardroom is this model for leading with intention most of us when we have conversations especially when something's out of alignment or there's a conflict we speak directly to that rather than much like the light from the fixture is look at it from the from a broader context and being able to have a conversation it, this is what i'd like the relationship to look like Th this is who i am and uh, let's have a conversation about within what is the intention we have for the relationship and and how can we how can we have that that conversation um if there is someone that's in your life that's out of alignment with who you are um the choices that you have are very simply either to have a real conversation with them or disband the relationship i, I always suggest start with the conversation so that we're in alignment with ourselves and bring ourselves into that by being clear and being able to describe and define what you want the relationship to look like. Wow, Dr. Poppy, that is so, so amazing. So instructive as a number of people looking at, look, here's some relationships. How do I modify? How do I shift out of it? Amazing question, Lolita. We have about five minutes left. Who else has a question for Dr. Puppy? Flash your mic, flash your mic. If you have a question, we'll. So doctor, as there, as, as we will take one more question and let me just uh, give doc, Dr. Papke one more uh, just formal introduction. Um, he's a consultant, author, speaker, because a lot of you are coming on uh, late, expert in the area of alignment and development, works with the top CEOs in the, in the world uh, the, the company that I'm working with and he's working with is one of the top AI companies in the world. And at uh, some point, I'll tell you guys what the name of that company is. But, you know, we're, we're about change and changing communities 
Uh, he's helping with governments. Uh, I'm going to talk to him about some of the work that I'm doing with prison reform, which I started, uh, brought in by Rob, Robert Downey Jr., my good friend with prison reform. I'm going to talk to him about that because we need alignment uh, in the prison system and when people get out of incarceration. So uh, your, your gift Edgar is, is so needed in the time that we're living in. So Edgar, let me ask you a question real quick. Are you, are you enjoying this little forum today? No, yeah, this is great. Thank you very much. Uh, for clarity, I don't hold a degree of, of being a doctor. And though a lot of people, um, um, they refer to me that way. I just for clarity, I, I, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but you, you sometimes look like a doctor. <laughs> yeah, most people think that I am. I get that a lot. <laughs> so thank you for that. Okay, and thank you for the the conversation is uh, great, and, and the and the forum you you've created is wonderful. Thank you. Okay, so so Dr. Harthorn, just because you know I like to end on time, and I got three minutes left, I'm going to have you uh, help me wrap this up with some of the takeaways that we that we received from today. I, I love what David Spisek was saying. I just want to just say something I, I wrote down, that he said that he believes that alignment is a prelude uh, to success. And then David also talked about this idea of we believe for something and we want to get to this pinnacle. And many times we get there and it's shallow and it's hollow. People... I'm working with the biggest stars in the world and some of them are fulfilled, but a lot of them are feeling very shallow and hollow. Uh, Dr. Hawthorne, what was a uh, takeaway that you had from this conversation with Edgar Papke? Tim, I especially loved when he was talking about allowing, we talk about relationship, allowing them to unfold rather than trying to force these attachments. Often there's misalignment because we've been trying to force something as opposed to allowing it to unfold. I love that, love that, love that. Also, are you, are you, go mm -hmm. ahead. Yeah, and then in summary, uh, was saying first thing is what is my self-concept? Knowing who I am and what I want to be my legacy is the first thing. Second, knowing your passion. These are the critical things for proper alignment. Uh, again, note allowing relationships to unfold. And you asked a question, can there be alignment in the midst of our struggles? And the answer uh, Puppy gave was yes. And that's framed in love and time, always framing that within love and time. And that what do we do when there are misalignments? Lolita asked a question that really answered that a lot. And the, the response was, the instruction we're given is, look at what is my intention for this relationship? What is my intention? So Tim, that's it. a All little right. summary of right this brilliant time. segment. Watch, yes, Dr. one minute. Coley, watch, watch me finish right on time. Okay. This is Tim's story and uh, Edgar Papke, thank you so much. Go to Edgar Papke, P-A-P-K-E.com. Find out more about what he's doing. Can't wait to be with you guys again in about two weeks. I'm doing this every two weeks.